What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones. And this week, we are joined by one of the biggest names in fantasy football, Hussein the Brain from Fantasy Couch. Uh, he is one of the most well-known fantasy football influencers and best-selling author of the book, How to Play Fantasy Football. Uh, he joins Bleacher Banter this week to discuss all things fantasy football and how to dominate your draft. Uh, everything from the Ten Commandments of Fantasy Football Drafting to breaking down various players and teams. We're going to talk sleepers. We're going to talk busts, positional battles, potential breakouts, and rookie contributors. Uh, Fantasy Couch has all the answers. Make sure after this you check out his YouTube channel, at Fantasy Couch. It's the same thing across all social media platforms, so make sure you go and uh, smash that follow button. And you can find that book, How to Play pa- Fantasy Football, on Amazon. But boys, let's get into it. Couch, great to have you back again this year. Uh, you know, right off the bat, we got to address the elephant in the room, the big CV-19. How and if and how is this changing your draft strategy this year? It's changing it uh, just very little. Not how people really think. I mean, it's really not changing it for anybody, you know, the average drafter, because it's just really just a bunch of unknowns going on and what else craziness is this year going to um, going to brain. But there are some small nuances um, like I always get uh, you guys know this YouTube, right? You guys know how there's hater comments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I always get hater comments um, like how bad my team is in this. And then. This year, I somehow drafted an amazing team in my experts league, and then everyone's pointing out that my whole team's on bye week ten, um, and it just that actually got me mad because it's like one of the most silliest things. It's actually more relevant if all my players were six foot two or under. Um, it's just really <laughs> just a totally irrelevant thing. I know this is like a this is like a long story, but just like that got. That kind of thing. So, like one of the one of the reasons why it's such an arbitrary, pointless thing to point out, and I know like a lot of them are like half joking, trying they're trying to find the negative side to kind of say something, um, is like, well, a lot of leagues are gonna do their payouts and whatnot, or I haven't talked about it, but let's say um, the NFL is going 100% kickoff. I'm I'm pretty sure that's 100% or as close to it as we can be. But then who knows what's going to happen? It could end like week nine, and so you know that's a, like that's a very tiny nuance. I know, but it's like if it ends week nine, then I don't have any bye weeks. <laughs> so that's just like one extra thing. And now with this uh, COVID thing and quarantine, now okay. So let's let me give two examples. Um, so Dalvin Cook, let's say, is at 60% chance of getting hurt. Um, and I, I'm a Todd Gurley believer this year. Um, I mean, it's still a lot of risky, but let's say he's at 60% chance of getting injured too because of his knee. He has arthritis in his knee. He can act up any time. Now, actually, we've gathered the data, and actually it's about 50% for all NFL players to get injured. That's how crazy and dangerous this sport is and, and miss at least one full game. So now with this quarantine thing and with who knows what else is going to happen, 
I'm don't quote me on this, but I believe you can still opt out if you have, for lack of a better term, a doctor's note. I mean, I think you can say like, hey, I'm I'm obese. I'm an offensive lineman. I got sleep apnea and my grandma just got covid. And I think you can opt out without suffering any type of consequences. So that's just one like who knows what else is going to happen. So now this. You know, the difference between 50 and 60 was a little bit significant. But now that everyone is at risk and there's so much more going on, the difference between 50 and 60 is not so much because now it's more like 75 and 85. Does that math? You guys good at math? You guys get that at all? Or We're trying. Too confusing. Yeah. We're trying. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So the difference between me and me punching you and Holyfield punching you is a huge difference, right? It's not as big of a difference from Holyfield and Mike Tyson punching you. So that's what's going on right now. Um, sorry to start off with such a confusing thing, but I'm saying because of because everything can be screwed so much, you, you guys get that, right? Everything can go, mm -hmm. to, cra go to crap, right? Of course. Yeah. The quarantine, the season can end. Because of all those factors, there's like so many more factors that Gurley's knee injury – becomes less of a potent factor. It's not as significant because that's just one little thing, you know, that we're adding on. So I, I don't know. Hopefully that made at least a little bit of sense. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, we just, we don't know if we're going to see week 10, 11, 12, et cetera. So, or you know. yeah. Or you draft Aaron Jones, you know, to avoid Gurley's knee. And then Aaron Jones gets quarantined when you need him the most, you know, yeah. that's, and the quarantine's three weeks minimum, I think. So it's like, I mean, that's a long, that's a long time. Yeah. So are you, are you not even maybe, are you thinking this year maybe you're taking a, a, maybe a third running back a little earlier than you might in past years? Or uh, are you doubling up on any position earlier than you might or taking a position earlier than you might this year? <laughs> You know, not really. So I guess in short, I could have just answered that by no. <laughs> so it doesn't really affect it much. But there are some, some you know, little fantasy nerd things like what I just said to think about. Like if the season ends early, what's your path? You know, for those that, you know, if you're in a league that's, you know, $500 buy-in, $300 buy-in. Some, you know, some people got the money and maybe $1,000 buy-in. Some people listening might be in. Maybe it's good to know your rules. Um, does you know if if we play three games and then the season ends, you know, do we know? Are you guys going to get paid out, or is it like in my leagues? I think I'm going to make it a minimum of four games, and then to take the payout. So just know what type of league you're getting into, and realize that the season may end or maybe uh, postponed or played later, um, and, and all that, all that stuff. So no, not really, um, because there's so many unknowns uh, and the whole in general. I'm not changing my draft strategy too much yeah so i mean that's that's almost a note for commissioners this year is to be you know very clear and upfront about how you're managing those situations and what what happens in each in each outcome you know if we do have a shortened season or miss so many games that's more of the topic here and not just commissioners but i always say expect the unexpected and then this year you know unexpected is quite the understatement so yeah. really expect that so that's really the big the big issue and especially for commissioners and for people who are you know putting in a decent buy-in um in leagues that are that they're uh, that's very important to them gotcha so i'm actually in a weird dynasty league where i think i have a good plan to approach the season i want to know what you think about it so first three rounds you can't keep anyone it's the first year we're doing it 
rounds four and on, if you keep a player, you can keep three players, but you lose if you kept a fourth rounder. Let's say it's Calvin Ridley. You want to keep him, you're giving up a third rounder the following year. You know, if it's J.K. Dobbins in the fifth, you're giving up a fourth the next year. So I'm trading a lot of my high picks and just trading back and accumulating more seventh and eighth round picks. For example, I traded the uh, 2.11 for the 3.3 and a seventh rounder. So maybe I take, you know, my tight end, you know, maybe someone breaks, maybe, you know, whether it be a Hurst or Higby, he goes off and, you know, he's a new, uh, one of the new top tight ends. Or maybe I take, you know, maybe I take a Darius Slayton and he has a great, you know, he has a, a builds off of last year or, you know, in the fifth or sixth round, like someone like a, like a Dobbins. What do you think of that strategy? So there's a lot of strategy in that league and, and there's no one way to attack it. But with what you did, um, what you need to definitely do is I think that's kind of what you were saying is go for not old play, you know, more on the younger side players who have a ton of upside um, since yeah. you, and that's right there in round seven. Not too many running backs there, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, that's what you want to do. Swing for the fences there. Now, actually, that, I believe, is a keeper league and not yeah, yeah, a keeper. dynasty oh, yeah. league. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so th- the difference is keeper, you keep a few players. Dynasty, you keep the whole yeah. the whole roster. So, yeah, I mean, I guess those it's kind of personal preference. Those league settings um are just okay if you guys like them they're they're fine um and uh i like that you guys don't do the first three that way you know like c-mac and all those guys end up going back in the back in the pool right away and i just figured i don't you know if i slide back you know a few picks those first three rounds i'm not going to keep anyone i can't keep anyone so you know i might end up with the same player whether it's a todd Gurley, a Le'Veon bell alan robinson i may end up with the same player and accumulate the draft pick, an extra draft pick where I can keep someone. That's where my mind was at. And if the season doesn't happen, you know, the top draft picks are obviously, I mean, the draft picks for this year and the first three rounds don't go to the next year. So they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be as, as of much importance. In yeah, it to- dep- depends how you guys are. So the, you guys' whole thing is done if there's no season. Because what I'm thinking of doing is simulating games on Madden if the season gets canceled. So every oh, wow. Sunday I go on Twitch, simulate it. We do our fantasy scoring. But then there's just a one thing I thought of, like all of a sudden hit me, is like I don't think anyone's going to do it because we're so spoiled and used to just taking your phone out and clicking some. I mean, you don't even have to click submit anymore. It automatically submits your lineup. Like yeah. we literally don't have to do anything. Uh, occasional waiver pickup. Like five minutes and then, you know, or swap swap a player. Um, and it's that easy. And I don't know if people are going to want to check the stats and calculate it and submit their lineups on time. Be like, oh, crap. I f- Think about, oh, crap, I forgot to submit my lineup because we're so spoiled. And, you know, we're used to this two-second app technology that I honestly – I'm being honest. I don't think it's good. Like, I, I, a lot of people love the idea. I don't think it's going to take off because no one wants to go back to 1999 where people were cutting newspaper cutouts and calculating this stuff by hand. They just don't, they don't want to do it. That's baseball shit. (laughs) Yeah. You you guys say you want a fantasy football bat and not, I just don't see it being that bad. Only the top, like 
super, super fantasy nerds would be willing to do that. Like, I just don't see everybody hopping on board. Yeah. Hard that to get be, a full 12 I bet there would be an I bet there'd be an audience for it though on Twitch and 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 your YouTube channel to some extent. Yeah, you know it, that it's it's a cool yeah for sure it's a cool thing a community thing and I'm saying we can find people that'll do it but like I got a you know I'm playing with a hundred two hundred people I got fan leagues and stuff I just I don't know you know every all two hundred people is gonna want to be like yeah let's do everything manually I'm like yeah Ugh. absolutely so, um. All right, so let's. I guess we'll hop into some, you know, some some draft, actual draft stuff. Um, and I guess the the most important question uh, is who who's going number one this year? Is it automatically CMC, or are you considering Barkley? Yeah, I think I think you should. Yeah, I think you should be in the conversation. I think it's more like one A, one B. I'm clearly going C Mac. If it's one A, you know, if I really had to here, let's say I did ten drafts, okay, and I had the first overall pick, I'd go with Saquon in two of them, maybe three, because I'm such a huge Saquon fan. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's really like, you know, C Mac is, it's really pushing it being a no-brainer and number one overall. Yeah, the volume is just there. Um, so if let let's say you have three and and Barkley and CMC are gone, who's your top of that next tier? Is it a Kamara? Is it Zeke? Is it somebody else? Who who's your next? Who's yet the three seems like a difficult pick this year, but maybe it's not. It's not as diff. I think the mid mid uh, the middle is more difficult. So my guy is Zeke in full PPR. There is a legit argument for Kamara for sure. But my guy's definitely Zeke. Um, I was—I don't remember what I was doing, but I was watching some film for some. Re- maybe I was looking up film of Zeke. I don't know Gallup. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe Cooper. I was just looking at random film of a player to do for some other reason. And while I was looking at film, I got to notice how much of an idiot Jason Garrett was. And <laughs> um, a lot of people—they lo- love making fun of the Cowboys and posting memes. Uh, and so do I. I do that all the time. And so sometimes you want to check yourself, like, am I just trying to make fun of the Cowboys? And, you know, I mean, Jason Garrett's like the number one Cowboy to make fun of, um, <laughs> the hands down. So, you know, I had to check. I'm like, no, this guy's actually a terrible head coach. Like, I feel like they come, they have a good game plan. You know, they have, they make some really good GM moves a lot of times. And they have a good game plan, like when they stopped Odell in the second half, when his first game, I think it was that, I think it was the catch game. That yeah. cat, the game with the catch, he was balling. He, it was the catch. That was his whole. That was his career highlight. And the Giants lost. And Odell, I think, was shut, shut down. I might be wrong, but I think that was that was a game. Anyway, Jason Garrett, man, he's like kick a field goal when you shouldn't kick a field goal. He's like stay in bounds when you need to go out of bounds. I mean, it was just like ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. And McCarthy, maybe he's an average coach. I th- and that's fine. What's wrong with being the 16th best head coach in the league? Nothing's wrong with that. But it's an upgrade over Jason Garrett. So I'm just very excited to see what Zeke can do. A lot of hate for Zeke this year all of a sudden. And I think that does stem from him looking like an Ewok and people trying <laughs> to make fun of the cow. Like, we're humans, right? Like, this is only natural to make – like, you know, we like to talk trash. Like, it's just – it is what it is. A lot of it, I think, stems off stuff like that. And then, you know, he responded on Twitter. He's like, all right, no training camp in contract negotiations, and I still got 1,800 yards. I don't know. That sounds pretty freaking good to me. Yeah. 
So let's see what he can do with the real head coach who's not a complete joke. I mean, let's uh, come on. Does anyone <laughs> think Jason Garrett uh, should have been shouldn't have been fired? Like like he should have been Six fired years. a while ago, right? Of course, two years yeah. ago. Yeah. This yeah. is like common knowledge. This isn't even a discussion. Let's see what he can do with you know an average coach, maybe even above average coach. Let's see. So so on the converse side of that. It, do you think that Garrett poses a threat to Saquon in that sense? I don't know. I think as an op- some people are just better, you know, like Darius um, Dirk Cutter, probably not suited to be a head coach. Not bad OC, though. Jason Garrett, I don't – I mean, it's Saquon, man. I mean, give him the ball, throw him the ball. I don't think <laughs> it's it's that bad. And, and the examples I gave you were dumb head coaching decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't I didn't yeah. go too much into the podium, which I think matters, mm-hmm. but not really. You know, I went into like fourth quarter situations, head coach. Like you're not going to tell your guys what to do in the most, you know, one minute, 28 seconds. You're not going to tell your guys the right thing to do. Belichick would never do that. Ever, Belichick would find some crazy genius thing and figure out what's going to happen. But Jason Garrett is like, Nah, we don't need to huddle. Nobody needs to know that we have to go out of bounds on this play. Nah, they'll they'll figure it out. Like it's so dumb. Like so, um, as an OC, I'm just gonna say a wash. You know, I I he'll probably be okay. Maybe he maybe he's a good OC, but he's sure as hell not a good head coach. I guess it's really just is he better than the Giants' last offensive coordinator rather than is he better than, you know, what the Cowboys have now. Yeah, and what do you guys think? I mean, I think that's it probably. I, I mean, I'm high on Saquon too. I think I, I think he's going to be an improvement. I think it's it's also pretty hard to be to not improve off what they were last year. Um, you know, I think we'll see something closer to what Saquon was in his rookie year. Uh, maybe even better. We don't know. Yeah. You, you don't know how much how that line will break out. Um, you surely would think it's going to improve, but – there's no guarantees, you know, um, and play calling definitely has something to do with that. So we'll see. But, you know, I agree that there's there's concern there. Um, also, I think with I think a lot of public perception, like, you know, people that don't really account like uh, for targets and stuff like that. We, we saw in the throne league how many uh, targets were lost by the Cowboys in both Jason Witten and um who was the other? Oh, and Randall Cobb. They had Randall 83 Cobb. each. They had 83 each. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't, people don't realize it's 166 targets lost. And they just look at someone like, oh, they got another talented receiver in uh, CeeDee Lamb. You know, they have those three wide receivers now, three stud wide receivers. And I feel like people think, oh, they're just going to throw, throw, throw. And, you know, there may not be enough, enough room for Zeke but Zeke always eats and and there is all these missing targets and you know sure Blake Jarwin will get some and sure CD Lamb will get a ton but Zeke will probably get more more targets as well too he'll he'll get his he always gets a bunch of catches he get he, he'll get his targets um so yeah, yeah. Those, those other receivers will suffer before Zeke suffers in yeah. opportunity wise yeah like whether you know whether Amari Cooper you know regresses a little bit well you know or whether Gallup gets hurt a little bit from CD Lamb. I mean, you know, Zeke's still getting the ball twenty plus catch, catch uh, twenty plus touches every game. Yeah. I speaking mean, of speaking of opportunities and you know numbers like that targets, uh, one of the things I really want to talk about is are there any what are some like numbers or stats that that you use that you think are important that the average fan doesn't really use? 
uh, whether it's something like air yards or, or, you know, one of those advanced stats or, or even just a regular stat that people don't really put that much weight into. Are there any numbers like that that you really look at when you're drafting to kind of find discrepancies? I do look at a ton of stats and we can go over them, but no, there's really not too many. This thing is basic. I draft with tons of people every day and they do, I mean, let's say, let's say you've done, you've looked at every single stat in the world and you crunched every number and then you go on the clock, you get sniped and you auto pick like this stuff, like what's the point? So you want to kind of simplify things down and I keep, and and so, you know, I still want to give you a legit answer. There's some legit stats I look at. So other than the main stats that have direct uh, implication on your fantasy points, which are yards, touchdowns, receptions, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, interceptions and fumbles, you don't look at too much, except maybe, you know, like Daniel Jones, he needs to improve <laughs> in that area. But uh, I think he will. But, um, yeah, you want to look at just very simple things like who are their uh, cast members, right? We're talking about the Cowboys. Cowboys, 190 vacated targets. Falcons, 250 vacated targets. Um you know, when you think about guys like Calvin Ridley or, um, you know, Blake Jarwin or something like that, that's a cool thing. And it never pans out that way exactly. Like, it's not like you're going to exactly get those targets. But when things aren't overhyped, that's when you might be able to get a little bit of value. Example, Juju Smith-Schuster last year. The vacated target stat was over high. It became a mainstream thing. Oh, AB's not there, and uh, 2,450 vacated targets will go all to Juju Smith-Schuster. And uh, it didn't quite pan out that way. Um, but the stats I do look at that have an indirect impl- – actually, they have, like, the most direct uh, implication fantasy points without actually giving you fantasy points is targets for wide receivers – um snaps snap count for running backs i think off the top of my head there's only one running back that you can like legit argue that um was like oh he got snaps and that didn't work out and i think that's peyton barber and he's <laughs> like obviously an anomaly he sucked so bad he was only there because rojo was kind of you know didn't work out um but other than that like you see guys get Fantasy points if they're getting snap running backs if they get snaps uh, for quarterbacks a lot there's a lot more other things you know are they trailing from behind that's one way you know talking about the Cowboys again that's one reason kind of why Dak went off a few games was that they were just behind really quick in games it, it weren't clicking and then Dak had to just you know put the whole team on his back and rack up fantasy points and then finally the thing I look at a lot is stats within the 10 especially with running backs within the t- within the five too but within the 10 yard line most touchdowns are scored within the 10 yard line so for running backs how many snaps at within the 10 um how many target one that's overlooked is how many targets within the 10 and we always talk about targets for running backs it just you know randomly came up again uh, while we were talking with zeke so it's like is this guy getting targeted in the uh, within the 10 yard line because you know red zone is the term but i like within the 10 is way more important um and also you know receivers are they getting targets within you know when when the ball's moved and they're within the 10 yard line of scoring a touchdown yeah that's all good it's that um talking touching upon quarterbacks too um 
bat, when bringing in like uh, rushing yards to quarterbacks, you know, you have your Lamar Jackson, Watson's. Um, you had a post on Instagram about this a few weeks ago, but are there any, who are the guys that could end up being a top 12 quarterback because of rushing yards that people aren't talking about? You know, someone like uh, Gardner Minshew or Daniel Jones, who were five and six in rushing yards last year for quarterbacks. So who are, are there any of those guys outside of those two that really their rushing could turn them into a starting level fantasy quarterback this year? Yeah, but you know, it was official last year, right? The the era has ended. Philip Rivers and Brady is going to retire soon. And after those two are gone, it's pretty much oh, who's drafting a statue anymore? Right? I think yeah. I think Haskins is trying to get quicker now. You know, even a big guy like Jameis who doesn't have a great forty time, like in real life on the field, be just because of how he moves and like how you know, I'm I know it's weird to call him smart, but when he runs, he when he takes off, he is a smart quarterback he's very efficient he actually can run too in real life you know like in 40 in a in a 40 time maybe not but he's actually decent efficient runner um and so there's just these guys are gonna be every one of says every quarterback is mobile now and a guy like drew Locke is not gonna get you a ton of rush yards but even him he got actually top 15 last year and actually fixed that graphic for some reason it glitched um, it didn't show me. So Drew Locke yards per game was top 15 rushing quarterback last year. And he's not really, you know, a guy to get you rushing yards, but even him, he's a good scrambler, though. And so, like, man, there's legit every quarterback now is mobile. Haskins is trying to get quicker. You know, Minshew, Locke. One I like is probably, I guess I would have to say, Daniel Jones. Um, I think Daniel Jones is a great quarterback, tons of upside. He's... I'm surprised. He's great rushing stats. Uh, he's just oblivious with the uh, pressure, and he's fumbling a, like he's averaging like 1.5 fumbles a game or something. Um, I don't even know why I made that up, but it's like it's something crazy like that. You, you can't be fumbling that many times. So if he can fix his mistakes, I think his uh, ceiling is super high. And then yeah, you got those bonus rush yards. So. At what point in the in the first round do you start prioritizing wide receiver over running back? At what point does the top wide receiver become the better pick than the top than whatever running backs available? So I kind of changed my stance on this because there's so many wide receivers. The wide receiver keeps getting deeper and deeper every year, and so this year, just going off what I just said, the wide receiver is as deep as it's ever been. I would rather just punt wide receiver those top 15-ish picks, top 15 to top top 20, and um, just go running back. So if, if Mike Thomas falls to like eight, I'd love him there. You know, so he's the only wide receiver I would consider. I love Devontae Adams. Like I think he's great, but even him is like. I probably wouldn't consider – now, the only exception to that is let's say I got the 11th pick in a 12-team, okay? So if I got the 11th pick, what's my next pick going to be in a snake? Uh, yeah, the 13th. Two. 13. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 14th. No, 14th. 14th, yeah, 2-2. Two, oh, two. Yeah, sorry, yes, 14th. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking 13 too. Yeah, so yeah, 14. Okay, so you got to wait two picks. All right, so let's say you like Devonta Adams a lot and you love three running backs – 
So for in that case, it's totally okay. You're like, look, I'm gonna get Eckler, Sanders, Jacobs, or Mixon. I love all or Drake. You know what I mean? Like, if those five running backs are still available because you know some guy took Tyreek Hill uh, seventh overall, um, then I might go, okay, I'm gonna go Adams just because I really like him, and I know, like, it's just factual. You know, it's just math that I'm gonna be able to get one of those five running backs, and I love all five of those running backs. Now, me, I probably would rather start, you know, with two running backs. I probably, in that example, for sure, I'd probably take um, Jacobs and Mixon, um, and right there and get it. You know, that's two. That's two running backs I love. One is Jacobs, who's super safe. We're hoping he'll get more targets, and the other is Mixon, who's super risky. But, uh, you know, I personally know Mixon. I've worked with him. I know he's an absolute stud. He can just turn it on and be a beast. I do recognize his risk. But, uh, you know, that's our this fake scenario right here that I'm talking about is already getting me excited. So I got the the, <laughs> the yin and the yang, right? You got the risky Mixon, and then you got the safe Jacobs. I uh, absolutely would love a start like that. You can't really beat that. You know, two top ten running backs. How are you going to yeah. beat yeah. that in a 12 team? Well, you so, work with Mixon? Um. Yeah, I, I, he's on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's a video is called "How I Met Joe Mixon." Don't watch the middle because it's a watch the first ninety seconds and last ninety seconds. It's cool. We, uh, <laughs> we did a, a private, super secret workout. Private as cool. the last ninety seconds is. I'm like, wow. When I seen it, I was like, wow. He all he did was work on his catching. I mean, like, what do you? I mean. You're either runner or not. Like you're a natural runner, or you're yeah. either a natural runner or you're Trent Richardson. And so most running backs, are, that's why <laughs> that's why rookie running backs can you almost always jump in there, and and except Rojo, right? Every other rookie running back who's good is is good day one because they're natural runners. They just got to learn the other stuff, timing, running, you know, like all the other pass yeah. pro. Yeah, pass pro is a big one, and that's usually why um, they take another year sometimes. But um, yeah. So all he did is learn on catching, and it's just it's pretty obvious if you see him in college. He's a natural pass catcher. Um. So what? So this year with all the wide receiver talent, you know, deep, especially the rookies coming in, do you subscribe more this year than ever to as going th- running back, running back, running back first three picks? Yeah. So RB, RB, RB. I don't hate that strategy, but in when I really do my drafts, I usually end up taking two running backs instead of two running backs out of those first three rounds. So I don't hate the robust RB, you know, three out of first three rounds going three RBs, but I'd probably rather do two out of three than three out of three. Makes sense. Um, so with all these uh, rookie, the rookies, are there who, you know, so many skill position players taken this year's draft, especially wide receiver, <laughs> Um, rookies probably are more prevalent in fantasy this year than any year in past uh, recent memory. Um, who are your Who are your rookies that you like, and who are maybe rookies that aren't being really talked about? You know, obviously you have the top receivers that are being discussed, but you know, then it gets broken down into who's got the best situation. So, who are you really targeting, like in those later rounds for the rookie wideouts, and or who's people that aren't being talked about that you're targeting? Um, yeah, just kind of go through rookie wideouts. Or even so, running backs. So, yeah, Clyde is the easiest one, but he's probably being slightly overdrafted, if anything. There's a lot of hype. I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of an ongoing joke right now in the fantasy community because I don't know if I've ever seen this kind of hype uh, with any player ever. Uh, but I do love him. 
I loved him at LSU, one of my favorite prospects. And he's just going to be a baller. Like, the ceiling is, is non-existent. He can legit be a top three running back easily. The ceiling so, is the roof. The ceiling, <laughs> the ceiling is the outer space. <laughs> the ceiling is way past the roof. Yeah. So, um, but he's going, like, so I, I'm doing I'm doing legit, like, people don't believe me. I do legit, like, best ball drafts for money in real leagues. Uh, like money leagues, this dude's really going six overall, and uh, which I don't hate it, but that's how much hype it is. Yeah, and it's you know we play full PPR, and the Chiefs went up and they got their running back. So everyone knows that though. Everyone yeah. knows about Clyde. My favorite, Crazy. I like Jonathan Taylor. He is actually my favorite prospect, and I think he's the best running back in the draft class. And he's just, he could be phenomenal. And he's going, you know, if you can get him somehow in round five, he's going round four in most of my drafts. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're drafting with, there's some leagues where people just don't know rookies that well. And if he's going in round five, man, you better swoop him up because he's going to he's gonna definitely split with Marlon Mack. But after, you know, they play for a few weeks, it's Marlon Mack's going to look like a child compared to Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be that obvious, and Jonathan Taylor is going to eventually take over. His measurables are just off the charts. It's uh, insane. So, he yeah, still holds he, state records in, in sprinting in, in New Jersey, high school state records. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a horse. He looks like a linebacker. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's scary. I mean, like like you're saying with the people that don't really know fantasy, like they may see him at that ADP, whatever it is, 46 or wherever he's at and say, oh, don't they have Marlon Mack and just skip over him because they think, you know, Marlon Mack's a good back. He's been productive, but he is undersized. He does get he is, you know, injury prone. And like like we're like you're saying, he's the clear Taylor's the clear superior back behind that old line behind Costanzo and all those guys. I mean, Nelson. If he, if he gets yeah, no, if he gets that 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 starting role, and it might be week week eight or nine, if you have someone to, you know, another running back to hold you over the edge until he takes over or whatever, um, you have two really good running backs, and then you have him as like your third back, like down the stretch. I mean, you could you could have a killer team. I feel like that's, I'm like in a similar position. Like if I can get him like you know late fourth, early fifth, I'm you know hopping all over that. Yeah, that was kind of my next question where I was going to go with, you know, guys that are rookies that are sharing a backfield like a Taylor or, or you know, someone else. Who else would be in that? Like Keyshawn Vaughn, Cam uh, Akers. Tampa, Cam Akers. Yeah. Um, Dobbins. Or, uh, A.J. Dillon even maybe in, in right. Green Bay. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. Um, who are those guys, like the, the guys besides Taylor that you think could really make an impact that going into the season are sharing a backfield or behind, you know, the clear second back behind someone else? Well, J.K. Dobbins is the most interesting one because in redraft, I kind of hate him. But in noob leagues, where people don't know what's going on, like, you know, people that play, I guess, on ESPN a lot. Uh, I, I play on ESPN myself, so don't, like, it's not, I'm not saying, like, it's derogatory, but, you know, not, not as much as I used to, I'd say. Um, so he's actually on ESPN, he's going, like, round 10. And so it's like, yeah. I mean, I'll take him. I'll take him round nine. Like that's great. Uh, but in leagues with people that are like really weird, uh, they'll take him like round six, 
in redraft, and that's just too early. So it's all about where you can get your guy. Now, in Dynasty, I love J.K. Dobbins. Like, this is in 2021, J.K. Dobbins' top five running back. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming they don't keep Ingram. Like, that, I mean, that's just. Hey, what, I don't know. Is he age? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's 30. Um, he's had some injuries in the past, and this is last year of his contract. And guess what? The Ravens just drafted a early round running back. Yeah. So I think they're not, you know, there's really no reason to keep him unless he gives him a discount. So in Dynasty, I love J.K. Dobbins, but in redraft, I'm only taking him, you know, maybe late round eight is where I'd consider him. There's really no need to do yeah, that. Where did you got to start winning. Like six and a half, and he's like, "This is the biggest." This is, he just went off. He was like, "This is the best pick." I can't believe he's there. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's mid round six. Obviously, he's gonna yeah. be there. And so that looked dumb. But when all these players started opting out, you know, one like weird. We we're just talking about. I started this off with COVID. One weird thing. I was like, "Oh, rapper drafted." You know, Dobbins. He loves rookie. I was like, "How many rookies have opted out?" I was like, this guy's ahead. You know, I'm, this is kind of joking, but he's ahead of the game because I think only like one rookie opted out out of 69 players. So don't, I mean, we could look that up right now and find out how many rookies up. But like when, when people were opting out, I was like, oh, crap, like a rookie really wouldn't opt out. They still got to like sign their contract and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a ballsy like, move for a rookie to opt out. <laughs> yeah, you got to earn especially <laughs> if the NFL would be really so good. Like Bro, especially if you're broke, you know what I mean? You just yeah. made, like, this is yeah. your life dream. This is your way out. This is, like, this is this is my thing. And it's like, nah. I yeah. It. I'll like, delay here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, delay my dream one year. The dream that's, like, one in a billion chance of happening. One in a million. So, <laughs> uh, but that, that's the first thing that came to me when all these players started opting out and going on quarantine. I was like, oh, man, this guy drafted all rookies. I'm like, at least not like just such a low chance of opting out and just ruining your season. Uh, but yeah, six, six, you know, in the mid sixth round was just way too early um, for Dobbins, who's super, um, super talented. But other, and then when it comes to wide receivers, here's the thing um, is like they're, they're more hit and miss. And then the number one wide receiver always going off the board is CeeDee Lamb. And although I like C.D. Lamb, I'd only consider taking him if he falls. I guess kind of same boat as Dobbins, and I guess kind of around the same round as Dobbins, too. Like, I love C.D. Lamb in round 10, you know, late round 9, but he rarely falls there. You know, he goes, like, early round 8, you know, sometimes round 7 if you're bold. Um, But you can get great value with these uh, rookie wide receivers. I love Denzel Mims. Um, I know a little bit of Jets, a little bit gang. I can see the Gangnam Green a little bit. I can smell it from here. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I, I personally don't. I just he don't. got you, Sully. I know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I think Denzel Mims for me. I like him more in Dynasty. I think he'll be great eventually. To me, he's a little raw, I, but you know, I just completely disagree, bro. Like I, because yeah. where where is he going in a redraft? Well. the I know he's so late, but my, my thing is Crowder's in the slot. Then you have Bell out of the backfield. Those guys eat targets up. Then you have, I, I mean, I guess cause you hate Prashad Paraman, but Paraman's going to be, we paid Paraman. I mean, not, I mean, one year, like seven or eight million. Paraman's going to be playing. I guess Mims will be the third wide receiver. So, yeah, he could be the third receiver. How but, many teams have worse receivers than the Jets? Name them. Go. Um, the Niners, maybe. Why? 
No, 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 no. See, I'm a Niner fan. I they're super <laughs> secret. Trent Trent Taylor, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, and George Kittle is gonna go down. Oh yeah, if we're using time. tight ends, I meant wide receivers though. No, I mean, no, I said no, 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 no. I said receivers. Okay, I said receivers. Oh, receivers. Yeah. Okay. Um, Washington maybe, right? Washington. Does. I hope I'm helping you out here. Yeah, Washington. Okay. <laughs> That's my point but, with Denzel. But what about Mims. Bell? Is you get Herndon back? You have you have Bell is a very good receiver. No, Bell's good. Yeah, but I mean he's not like. But it's just like he's, he's not, not going to. Three nine deep threat. Like yeah. There are certain targets that are people are going to get their targets in regards to like Bell and Crowder, and I just think we're a run first team. We're not. We're like we improved our line, oh. but this. I don't know. Run for. I mean, you can only run we if want you're to ahead. Run the ball a, a, I don't we know do how want good to... the defense is with Jamal Adams gone. I'm not trying to talk trash. I'm being real. Like oh, I don't think saying. it's great either. But we 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 want to run the ball. We wanted to run it last year, but we, but we I guess we really couldn't. Um, and the defense to me is not taking a huge step forward this year with Jamal Adams, who I'm a pretty big fan of. He's a really good safety. Anyway, no. look, I do agree with some of your points. He needs. Denzel Mims needs to improve consistency. He's a little raw. And I'm when I say little raw, you know, people just use that term. No, I mean, he's a little raw, like, as in, he's not super raw. He's not like, you know, he needs, you know, two years to sit on the bench yeah. or something. The thing like, that was concerning like that. was that he, he, he ran, like, the go route. He ran the go route more than anyone. Um, there was also similar concerns with DK Metcalf last year. And and we, we know how that turned out. DK, you know. Dave drafted yeah. him. You, you got him. DK eight. So you know, it's not. You know, I, I definitely get your point as well. I mean, like when I'm looking at teams right now. The receiving cores. Yeah, the Jets. I guess are bottom three. I mean, the that's, you know, dude, that's a significant. What you just said is very significant. Are the Vi- are the Viking the the Vikings have better receivers? Yeah, they definitely do. Not by much, but yeah. I, I but mean, yeah, I mean, because of Thielen <laughs> yeah. and, and Jefferson so, and like yeah, solidify. So the Titans, I think the Titans, we have better receivers than no, with AJ Brown. AJ nope. Brown, yeah. I mean, um, that's well. Don't get don't get hung up on it. We we're trying to have people win their fantasy league, and this is my point. DK Metcalf was you know a good thing you brought up. So DK Metcalf last year, I was big on. I had to reach on just a little reach. I had to get him late round eight, and had to get him round nine because I knew he's going round ten. He's too sexy to to go past round ten, eleven. So that's when I had to get him. It was early round nine. Late round eight, a little bit of a reach. He worked out with Denzel Mims in in, in a 10-team league. He's going undrafted. In a 12-team league, you know, if you're not you're not with yeah. someone who's a – there's not that many Denzel Mims fans. You know, if you're if you're in a league where there's not a Denzel Mims fan, you can easily get them around 12 to 14. And you know these dummies, when they're, what they're doing in 12-14, right? They get bored and they start drafting defenses and kickers. So before you know what when a deep like one defense like two defenses and a kicker is taken, after that, way way after that you can probably draft Denzel Mims and yeah. he's gonna be your wide receiver seven, like this is a no brainer. And let's say you're you know he is inconsistent and raw, okay you messed up you know you wasted a round fourteen pick not a big deal. Let's say he's decent you know. Like maybe like a DK Metcalf was maybe a little bit less, but maybe more, you know, made less mistakes. So around there, he's going to have a straight path to success because, yes, Crowder is decent, but he has a role. To me, he's not that explosive. Bell, you know, he's good, but um, he's, he's not a deep threat. You know, Denzel Mims showed out on pro day 
And I think he ran a 4.39, which is a little surprising. I, I think most people found like, damn, yeah, he's really yeah. that. You know, he's fast there. He's fast here. And, um, yeah, we, you know, if uh, that Jets head coach can do some things and bring the best out of Denzel Mims, I think that's I think that's one reason maybe to avoid Denzel Mims. That's a, a, that's a, yeah, that'd be a, a, head coach. a reason, that that's, idiot. That's a legit <laughs> argument for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you, I mean, I get your point. the The risk is c- completely minimal. The risk is completely minimal yeah. once you get to round twelve, and I mean, people really aren't taking them before round twelve or thirteen. So, you know. So the Mims love is really more about the value you can get on where you're drafting him or where he's available, rather than him necessarily that's, being. That's going to be the case with all. I think I think with maybe hundred percent of the people we talk about, and especially. This you you gotta you gotta just live out. Look, all these guys, all these jokers you guys draft with, they're gonna all make mistakes. They're gonna all be drinking beers. They're gonna all be you know making mistakes and panic picking and and doing all this stuff. And if you avoid that, you're already gonna be in the top half of your league. Um, and then if you're drafting for value, boom, you know yeah. that that's what it's all. You yeah. get in players that value. I mean, you know, if you're in a league that likes to trade, you can always trade them. Don't drink and draft, kids. Don't drink and draft. Don't eat wings. Don't don't eat wings. Don't Don't get your dirty fingers. Don't get tired. Don't get dirty fingers. But uh, speaking of value, last year we had the big sleepers like Chark, Waller, Eckler. Who do you see as the deep sleepers this year that are really going to break out and uh, make the difference? Yeah, so these are, you know, these are tough, but I got a few for you guys. So for running backs, I actually don't really have any names I'm going to like really put my stamp on and get behind because um, I just feel like, you know, once, once we're in those mid rounds, they're all gone. But one that I do like is Jarek McKinnon. And, um, you know, here's a guy who can get you zero points maybe this year, but he's looking really good in workouts. Like he's cutting, he's catching, He's looking like a glimpse of what Shanahan, and that was like the dumbest contract I've ever seen. Uh, when he paid, he made Jerry oh, McKinnon yeah, yeah. top that was five. Yeah, he was a fourth or fifth highest paid back. What did McKinnon ever do on the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, not much, but you know, I guess you know one thing I could defend him with. I mean, he got it. You know, like what what could have happened if he didn't get injured? Um, you know, some people came at me and were like, "He's gonna get hurt. He's gonna get hurt." I was like, "You don't know anything." And I don't know. I guess some people had a crystal ball and knew he'd get hurt. But, yeah, in hindsight, I mean, still, it still wasn't, like, too much money, no matter how you how you chop it. But, you know, if he was healthy, you know, I, I would have been interested to see what he could have done. Um, anyway, he's looking good. They got rid of Brita. And he's a guy that's going, like, maybe, like, not even nah, – no, he's one of the guys who fluctuates the most. So – he might go round eight or he might go like round 16 round 12 but i would say he goes like right before mims would go maybe something like that um so he's going all over the place and if he falls he's gonna be your rb6 that's insane for a guy you know that could do some things or at least you know we all play ppr nowadays at least maybe catch some passes and get some uh get some explosive plays Shanahan likes to go with the hot hand and he switches it weak. You know, if he's like, you know, I think McKinnon will do good in this situation. He might go for him. So, yeah, you know, he's he's okay. But I guess that's not like it's not much of an endorsement, though. I know I realize the risk um, with McKinnon. My big one, though, is definitely Anthony Miller. 
I think you get him in round uh, 11, and he, he's your wide receiver. You can pay wide receiver four price, and you're getting a wide receiver two. Um, he falls into that category of people hating on the Bears, um, people making fun of their kickers. And, I mean, Trubisky is all the, like, he's warranted to make fun of so much. I mean, he's does their so quarterback choice? Does their quarterback choice affect how you're drafting Bears running backs or wide receivers this year? Well, of course, but that's factored in too much into their ADP. So, mm-hmm. like, I like guess that's why Anthony Miller is going so many rounds at, uh, later than a guy like Calvin Ridley or, you know, who I – I can't come up with any better examples. Obviously, Calvin Ridley's better, but I mean, you know, you're paying much, much higher price uh, for Calvin Ridley than Anthony Miller. With the Bengals, who would be like a seventh rounder. Who's that? Uh, I said Tyler Boyd. I'm saying he's uh, a better example of someone who's, you know, he's the clear number two and he's going in the seventh, eighth round, but you can get Anthony Miller in the 11th. Bengals is too many factors but somewhat somewhat yeah there's there's a rookie quarterback there's a aj green's a controversial topic in the in the sports world if he's gonna play a game or not uh, there's so many there but um but yeah i mean you got you got other guys uh there and then yeah people just hate on the bear so look i i watch a lot of trubisky film i know he sucks I mean, they're they're paying Nick Foles. They went out and they went and got Nick Foles. I'm pretty confident they're going to start him. But even if they don't, we've seen Anthony and Taylor Gabriel's another guy I've worked with, friend of mine, and he's decent. Like he's he's a wide receiver that I believe deserves a starting job in the NFL. Um, they got rid of him mainly because of the they they paid were paying him a lot. But you know, once he's gone, and I've seen Anthony Miller really really step up now. I mean, there's not that many other than Al, after Allen Robinson. There's really nobody there. Like I guess I mean, the tight end. The tight end. The Jimmy rookie. Graham? No, Jimmy. Well, they they drafted one. Yeah, they drafted oh, the yeah, first tight end off the board. Yeah, they have Jimmy Graham. But rookie yeah, tight ends never ever do anything. Rookie tight ends never do anything. That's what never. I told this guy last year. I fell into the Hawkinson trap last year. It looked A good through week one. Did. A lot of good soldiers fell to that trap. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, I only and have fan. him in yeah. one league, tight end two. Um, and, yeah, that game one got me really excited. Of course, we benched him game one. Yeah. So I, what good I did thought that I was do? a genius week one. I was laughing all the <laughs> And then I looked like an idiot for the next little six did we, Little did we know the Cardinals' defense can't defend the tight end. They're allergic to the tight end. So they were so bad. Close to them. Yeah, they just let him wide open, and we're like, oh, wow, I might actually start this guy. Um yeah, that's how, you know, like, Gusecki's a guy I love this year, but, you know, him, him as a rookie, like, he didn't even do anything. Like, it was Gusecki. so bad. Gusecki's last year, was he his second year? I think this is, yeah, I think. This is third. I think so. Gusecki came on late last year. Yeah, he came on after Preston Williams. Yeah, so that I was, like Gusecki, too, yeah. Preston yeah. Gusecki, I mean, he he blinds up in the slot so much. Chain Gailey, he loves his slot receivers, so definitely yeah. love Gusecki. I love Gusecki in Dynasty, but now that two Dolphins wide receivers opted out, yeah. I believe Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, and Preston Williams actually suffered his ACL in November, and according to my sources, my you know my doctor friend, 
you know, he's saying that Cooper Cup's more of the outlier. It's you know, you know, a little bit, a little bit risky taking a guy like Preston Williams and relying on him. He might be a little hesitant or might re-injure another part of his body because he just blew out his knee less than a year ago. Uh, he blew out his knee in week eight. And so with all that going on, and we know the Dolphins' um, defense sucks. I think Xavier Howard just got on quarantine today. Just got yeah, on the yeah. quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, not, I mean, that's not even a factor, but, you know, just adding on to this. They're going to need to throw a lot is all I'm saying. And Gusecki, I absolutely love. Other other tight ends to look for, uh, Jonu Smith, Hayden Hurst, Jack Doyle, um, uh, Ian Thomas, and uh, what's – I got Chris Herndon here, but I think I'll, you know, let's see what Solly has to say yeah, about we'll, it. We'll, I think we disagree we'll with everything about the Jets, but I like you know I more. like other you know guys. More, hey, as a tight end, too, why not Chris Herndon? Oh, hey, about ra- round sixteen, round yeah, sixteen. Yeah, why not? I like. I mean, I like Johnu better. I like Johnu, but I like all the other tight ends. You, you, but you know, they're going earlier. I think, I think Johnu's the only one in his. Uh, where's Johnu going? Like round thirteen. Round eleven. Oh, round eleven. Yeah. People are catching on, you know, a little bit. Yeah. I do mean, you I see people? Hayden. I love Hayden. Do you see people falling into like the uh, the Gronk trap with him coming back and being with Brady? Although, I mean, most people know that he's mostly going to be blocking, not probably going to be catching a ton of balls. Do you see people falling into that trap? I don't though? necessarily agree with that, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not a guy to to draft Gronk though. So. But I don't – I mean, why do you yeah. say he's going to be blocking, though? I want to know your reasoning. Just between having Evans there, Godwin, there's going to be other threats out there. He's coming – I mean, he, he does look better than he did physically. Probably yeah, know Howard. he's leaner. He, he's not yeah. – he's had a year off. I think, they also have three viable tight ends. I think he's going to be uh, not an offensive threat, and he's going to be good pass protection for the 43-year-old. And that's coming from a Patriots Tom Brady Gronk guy. Yeah, I see him doing both. I see him blocking and being a main red zone threat. But I don't know twenty to twenty how many looks he's getting in, in from twenty to twenty. He could take over the Brady role, like where he's just really touchdown dependent. You know, he's gonna have your five catches for forty three yards and a touchdown type game. That's how that's how I, I view him as very touchdown dependent for sure. I don't think he'll. He'll have see a ton of volume, but when he does, I think he'll he'll do well in in, in the red zone. My but, yeah. shake is a big question mark with him. Just like I don't know, but I think that's why I want to hear what why you guys thought that about Gronk. But you know, if you were saying like, oh, they're not going to use tight ends because Bruce Arians, I would have disagreed with that because um, I think when they signed Brady, they had an agreement like they would have input. Like Brady has input over that team from day one and yeah. so uh they're gonna be running different schemes maybe not do the three wide receiver set as much and go more two tight end set and uh but overall though like the saying gronk is being drafted too early so i'm looking at his adp it says 6.11 i mean that's just like i don't know if, i don't know why you'd want to take that risk there I didn't know yeah. It was that high yeah crazy. so he's going I've, he's going round seven that's not like that more realistically like and that's just like wait come on like yeah come on man sometimes like um like i'm not as big i was on raheem Mostert. like he's very very risky but i'd rather take raheem Mostert there a guy who can be a starting back Um, that's another that's another debate yeah but 
but round seven, but, it's hard to debate that though. Round oh no, you know, question. I like, you yeah, know, I that, like most mustard, and I like mustard. Oh, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's that's the key to success, my friend. That's the key. How? Where do you guys? Where this is like a this is a a clinical proven thing. He's had very good results with this. Dave, where do you? Yeah, it's like eight. Where where are you guys with Raheem Mostert, and do you like mustard? I don't like mustard, but I I do I do like Mostert. Wow, seven percent. <laughs> That's rare. You're. Uh, I'm an anomaly, you know. You are. Did um, you try Dijon mustard? I mean, it's pretty. Good. Yeah, I, I like honey mustard. Does that count? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think that counts. It's honey right. mustard in the name, so you're yeah. you're all right. I'm I, I'm on the other side of the statistic now. I'm on the good side. Yeah, we're at 98.1 percent. We're go, we're going strong. <laughs> I feel like he's another player where there's such um you know sometimes I see Mostert going the fourth, sometimes he's in the sixth. Um, the seventh is incredible value if he. I haven't seen him go well, there too now, much. But. Now he's fallen to early round seven sometimes because of the uh, contract thing. But they they figured that out, no? I know, but what are you gonna do, humans? Right? Doesn't mean yeah. that I, like humans can still draft him <laughs> in round seven. I can't. I, I mean, can't yeah. That that was no, the one to scare I, I, me. It's, it's great for us. I mean, it's great. I mean, yeah. We saw him at the end of the year. What he can do. I mean, he's that he's that pure type of like he can just run. Like he's perfect for yeah. the Shanahan. Our, I mean, you're a Niner fan. You you know. I mean, he. I mean, he's not much of a receiving back. Um, and like to your point before, McKinnon may get a lot of that work, but do you um, think that that offense will again be able to support multiple fantasy running backs like it did last year? I don't think it did. Yeah, <laughs> other than well, okay, at, for those six times, games, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be really good offense, and yeah, they're see their wide receiver scores like a lot. Of, I didn't expect Saul or anyone to know it. Their wide receivers actually really good like as far as receiving core um if you include the running backs and the tight ends especially they're just a bunch of no-name guys but trent use, taylor use check. use check he's a great use check too yeah use check's freaking amazing everyone loves him he's great he's a shanahan guy he can do all three oh, yeah. things he can run block uh catch and then he can do like that one weird shanahan trick play he'll call one or two times a year he'll be in that too but the um bunch pale guy use check <laughs> yeah, he's got he's the really, autograph this summer. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, he's the uh, <laughs> he's like what you gotta be to be like fullbacks a dying breed. He's you gotta kind of be like a use check to survive. Uh, fullbacks are just getting cut left and right. He's like the only you go in like you go in. Don't have to get off top. You go in Madden and use check is like an eighty-eight, and there's no other fullback above like a seventy. It's just a completely eliminated position. Yeah, <laughs> it, there's really not like. You know, the Ravens, I think, used fullback. And, uh, you know, the Patriots resulted in using a fullback a lot after Gronk retired. Um, Devlin, right? Yeah, Devlin. Yeah, he got, he got injured, and then yeah. they got a new That's one. That's the thing, they got injured. Out. <laughs> I yeah. remembered uh, yeah. LT's running back. I loved him. Neil, he was a beast. Yeah, I think he was a pro bowler, I think. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. Okay. Chargers. That's if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. He, he was an animal. I, that, that's when they were big, though, like in the early, like, you know, obviously the first yeah, back. Mike Allstott. Yeah. yeah, the Philip Rivers, yeah. Mike Allstott, Larry Zonk even a little further back. I mean, now it's just, it's sad because, like, you can use them in so many different ways. They need to be kind of like, they need to be able to do things like use check. 
I mean, it's not really sad to me, bro, because I know everyone, you know, roots for fullbacks and stuff, but it's like, you know what? Grow a couple more inches, slim down, and become a tight end because those are that's the new fullback. Yeah, you know? I get, yeah, I get, yeah. They just more mobile, more athletic. Yeah, like more like Gronk, like Gronk was Gronk used as a fullback sometimes on the Patriots. Like, and he well, was Hernandez was as well. Yeah, I mean these guys are good, and then. You know, it's like, what do you do? Like, are we are we running against them? Or, like, are they going to do an awesome pass play? Because both these guys can catch really good. So, yeah, you just – that's just how it is. You just got to be a tight end. Just like there's no centers in the NBA yeah. anymore. If that position's become power forward, and now it's kind of like become positionless. So, it's like, I mean, you just yeah, got to Yeah, it is kind of – sports are becoming a little positionless. How do you feel about uh, Alan Lazard as a deep sleeper? I like him uh, a good amount because of where you can get him. And, you know, last year I got burned pretty bad trying to – I'm like, look, whoever the wide receiver two on the Packers is is going to be good. Yeah, MVS or – We didn't know who it was, and I was wrong. (laughs) So – Neither of them did it, right? It wasn't MVS, and who was the other? uh, Uh, St. Brown? uh, Yeah, he got hurt. And they were both – they both did nothing. So yeah. I just had a dynasty draft uh, yeah, the other day, uh, Sunday, and the 24th round, the final round, I drafted Equinemius uh, St. Brown, which I think I was really happy with that pick. Keep in mind, that's round 24, 12-team uh, yeah. dynasty. Uh, but yeah, Alan Lazard is probably going to be the guy. Um, Equinemius St. Brown is was injured all the last year, and he has some upside, but you just you really don't want to think he's you know he's going to probably be at least rusty or be behind. Um, with Alan Lazard is clearly going to be the wide receiver yeah. too, from what we can see. And Devin Rogers Funches vouched for him, right? Out. Rogers vouched for him last year. He was a practice player, and then the, I think Rogers was like, "We need someone. Like, let's get him in the game." I forgot which game it was, but then he had like three or four catches in the second half. He was he never really he was like the fourth or fifth receiver and. He played well down the stretch. Uh, was, was that was, him, or was that, or did he vouch for? He vouches for too many people. I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> Lazard. I'm pretty sure it was Lazard. Yeah, um, he he was. There was talk about him and Lazard. He, how much he loved Lazard. He's a big dude, and he didn't really get much playing time in his career. I think I never heard of him until last year. And so let's see, yeah. you know, how he does. No, I I do like Lazard, and that's another guy you can get. Um, it, he's going all over the place, but sometimes you yeah. get him round twelve, and that's yeah. um, that's really good. And Funches had the, uh, I mean, Funches isn't a great, you know, he, he opted out though, but right? He but he, yeah, out. yeah, but I'm saying to help his value, you know, those are, you know, yeah, a few extra targets, you know, extra snap, you know, extra snaps for him. Oh, that helps a lot. Like, yeah, Funches yeah. had this much chance to become relevant, but. That's gone now, so yeah. Um, of course, because this is all we're, what we're doing is technically all speculation, you know, projection, and so now that that makes Alan Lazard even more solidified uh, as the wide receiver too. How do you feel about Rodgers? I'm a big Rodgers guy in general, but uh, this year, you know, he's going QB 10, 11, 12. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the, he's been left off the top stat. I point to he's been left off the top 100 or left outside the top 10 of the NFL's top 100 twice in his career and the following year, both times he won the MVP. Do you think Rogers is being underrated this year or is he being overrated? Lack of weapons. How do you feel about Rogers going, you know, 11, 12 quarterback off the board? I have him ranked as QB 11. I got Wentz as QB 12 
And I got Daniel Jones, 13, Stafford, 14. Um, and, you know, they, they didn't draft a wide receiver when everyone expected him yeah. to. And right now I'm looking at my rankings. The difference between number six and number 12 is very, very little. And there's a lot of Stafford believers out there, too. And um, I was just watching him play. Um, a, a game the other day from last year, and I was like, I "Damn, mean, he, man, he's kind of slaining it." Like he's he was having arguably his best year of his career for the first on pace for it for the first three yeah. or four games. I don't even like Stafford that much at fantasy, but there's, I mean, he legit can be a QB one. He could be a steal of the draft. Like I see that potential. He's he's good. Um, I just I I'm a little scared when I draft too many Detroit Lions though. So, so I, feel, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the team. <laughs> <laughs> the team will find a way to fall flat on their face, uh, whether it's their Without franchise or, or something. Yeah, I mean they're not quite on the Washington football team level. Um, you know they have a team. That's, I mean, they're an interesting team. Fantasy of the Lions. You know we had Galladay and and um, Marvin Jones, Jones led the league yeah. in touchdowns last year, tied. I think they both had nine touchdowns. Um, and you know you got Swift and and. Uh, carry on the backfield like who do you think do you think those guys can be all viable again or yeah is someone I mean, you think swift can take over hawkinson i like hawkinson rookie. in year two he's a rookie tight end and he's very talented like it's not like we've seen him that he's he was garbage it's just you know he's a rookie tight end and he did he did you know what most rookie tight ends do so whether he might step it up year two or year three but man they, they got players that's the thing i mean um, they just they're just cursed. <laughs> yeah, I, there's really no other way to. I mean, we've seen the Thanksgiving game when some guy who sounded like throw up, like David Blah. David Blah was the starting. Oh, that was David Blau. Yeah, Blau. He. Uh... But I call him Blah. Wait, didn't didn't Bluff. they didn't they beat the Bears that day? Oh, no, they beat him the first half. And, uh, oh yeah! Did they yes, beat yes. him? I think Classic. the, the I Bears were a complete embarrassment, though. Like, don't like that. Yeah, that no, day. but I'm saying they were. I think they would have been 11 and five or something, something crazy, like 11 five and 10 and six, if the game ended after three quarters, being the Lions. They were like <laughs> every fourth quarter, they just blew. It was yeah. It, it, like I saw how many games they led in the fourth quarter. Like, they, they could have – their season could have been way different if Stafford was healthy and they were winning close games. But you're right. They're just they're just cursed. I like Stafford this year, though. I have him – I'm very high on him. I have He's him a ten. good quarterback. He seems to yeah. – I feel you – know, I don't know him. I don't know what he's thinking. But he seems to not be like a mopey dude like, you know, like, oh, I'm playing for Detroit Lions. Ugh, I hate myself. Like, he seems to want to play and want to want to throw the, throw the ball around. But – my point being, there's not a big difference between my QB6, Josh Allen, and QB12, Wentz. And, hey, you might even throw Stafford in there. So I originally had Rodgers at 10, but I had to move him down one spot to make room for Matt Ryan. Because Matt Ryan, he wants, to, he wants to play really bad this year. And this is an even year. It's 2020. I was just going to say, the even year. Yeah, it's even an year, even year. He's ready to go. He's, got, he's been working out with her. He's pissed. You know these teams, man. You know what they're talking. It's just my theory. You know, what, you know what they're talking behind the scenes. Well, not. I mean, most talk is behind the scenes, but they're like, look, man, this COVID thing's happening. People are gonna be opting out. People are gonna be quarantined. There's gonna possibly be teams that have to forfeit this year. 
There might be an asterisk this season. I mean, we don't know, but teams like the Falcons, teams like the Steelers, um, Niners, you know, all these teams are like, none of you sons of mm, better opt out. We can actually win a freaking Super Bowl this year. Don't party. Don't catch COVID. You know, say goodbye to your families, whatever. Sacrifice (laughs) it all. Put it on the line. Don't, you know, don't interact with humans other than us. We'll, if we're the healthiest team could win a Super Bowl. This is that crazy. It's the true. The healthiest team could possibly win. I know that sounds a little bit like crazy, but this is the most craziest year I've seen in my lifetime. So it's like that literally can happen. The Falcons literally can win a Super Bowl. So all I'm saying, and, and of course the Ravens too, like, look, none of you. Better opt out. We're going. We want to win a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson hasn't won a playoff game. He's pissed. So yeah. I wonder if teams will. I wonder if teams will start to set up a bubble. Like you know, we start. We get a couple weeks into the season. Players are testing positive left and right. I wonder if teams will set up like their own bubbles and just say, hey, you know, we got this five star hotel. You want to stay here? We strongly encourage it. But let's get this done. What about if it's between your teammates though? Like. So I didn't, yeah, sure. well, to, no, well, obviously I you test them you got, beforehand. Look, you got a bubble for the crappy players on special teams. You got a bubble for <laughs> – see, that's the thing. That's the problem with football. It's not, <laughs> in basketball, you got ten and a half players and a few yeah, coaches. Yeah, 50, 53. <laughs> well, Google, if anyone's on the computer right now, Google how many players travel to an NFL game on a team. It's like 180 per team. Now they're probably going <laughs> to find a way to cut – Yes, but, but staff, you know, yeah, it's 100 something. What the hell? Crazy. No, it's more than a like, bro, because there's a trainer, there's a physical. No, 100 like, something, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's closer to They say, yeah, 100 something. Well, yeah. so according to Bleacher Report, that uh, every team averages 185 passengers yeah. per road trip. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a crazy. Big bubble. Can't bubble that. <laughs> See, the yeah. bubble works so good when it's 20 people. That's a not like we can have a 20, we can have a dinner and you can hear me talk. 180? Oh my God. That's yeah. like, no, it's just yeah. not. It's, it's skyrocketing. It's, they said 15 years ago it was about 110 to 120, and now it's that's 100. That's a lot, but yeah, I mean, just, I think, you know, just equipment managers alone, you know, you probably need more than one guy. That's a lot of. Helmets and shoulder pads and, you know, no people. That's, that's taking you hours to unload that bus by yourself. You probably got one to two equipment managers for every position, aside from, like, quarterback and running back. You know I what don't I mean? know if it's that much, but it's something. Because I remember, like, on the Niners, there was this dude who had, like, a shell on his helmet. It looked like two helmets. And they even had, did a commercial about it. But, yeah, you got to know. You got to make sure to put that dude's, like, helmet on top of his helmet. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> You gotta, you know, you gotta know all that stuff. Like uh, Kamara has the tape on his thing. You gotta have that ready to go. Who's got shoes? Because we always see it every year. We like, you know, the guy loses his helmet or doesn't. Have, like this is a National Football yeah. League. It's season. Like, where's my helmet? Or where's my like? He just like whatever and goes in or doesn't have something or, you know. But yeah, man, it's just. Uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. But that's just one of my theories. And I'm looking at teams like that that are like extra pissed. And extra dedicated to be like, look, man, if we just get lucky and and we avoid getting quarantined, I mean, we got a shot at this thing. Uh, like, you know, I said the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, like Mark Andrews has type 1 diabetes. He did not opt out. 
I mean, that's to me that communicates something. Like these guys want to win a Super Bowl for sure. Uh, so, um, going, I guess going on, going off that, um, this year is because of COVID or just in general. What's your opinion on on streaming quarterback, defense, and kicker week to week? Like, are, are any of those things you consider a viable strategy? Is it different this year because of COVID? Um, what do you think on, on any of the, you know, cause people do do that. They do stream kicker. They do stream quarterback defense. Like, do you subscribe to that in, you know, in general, in any way? Yeah, for sure. Because, um, that, and this is one reason why Superflex is becoming insanely popular. Um, two of my leagues, Superflex this year, all of a sudden. We did and, want to touch upon that too. Yeah. And it's because, you know, it, frankly, Fantasy is uh, it's like an error. It's a glitch. The quarterback is easily the most valuable position in real life. And in fantasy, it's like the least. How does that make any sense? It just doesn't make sense. So we're fixing that one, you know, one rule setting at a time. Uh, well, you can, well, of course you could stream court. But I don't go – I would never – I personally don't approach a draft with I'm going to stream quarterbacks. I don't – there's really no need to because you can draft um, Minshew, Locke, Big Ben, Jimmy G, who I think is going to take a step forward. And, uh, yeah, you know, you could say he sucked or whatever, but it just goes to to my my uh, my original statement. I, I don't know if there's a big difference between Jimmy G and Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater and, and Big Ben, and I, I don't know if there's a big difference between those guys. And yeah. so um, – you just go in there and draft a quarterback or two late. That's fine. Knowing that you can stream them because, you know, they're always available on waivers if in a one QB league and you'll be fine. As far as defenses, I always say draft them, you know, second to last round. You can break that rule by reaching for the Niners or Steelers or Ravens D like one round before. That's cool. But draft them in the second to last round. You can, you can never predict defenses. It never happens. Like, like, trust me, I made the dumbest mistake. Um, and you know, I got a, I got a really big like hater comment about it. I was like, look guys, I drafted the Seahawks D in round seven. Um, and you know, I failed that year and I was like, I admit, I got to admit, you know, when I do dumb stuff, so other people won't. And then, you know, when I responded, he got it. I was like, look, man, it was an embarrassing mistake. I made it in, I don't know, 2014 or something, whenever they just started falling yeah. off. And, um, you know, I'm telling you guys, so you guys don't make that same cause I learned from that. Um, and it happened. It don't worry. It happened again and again. It happened uh, a few years later. Someone drafted the Broncos D. Oh, this guy drafted the Broncos D like in round five, bro, in one of my leagues. Yeah, that was like the most. Oh my crazy. god. He used it's. I call that the rainbow strategy. You know the player. The player positions are separate colors on the draft board. Yeah. And so he wanted to get. He got one red, one QB. He got one blue, one green. He got a tight end. He's like defense. And I'm like, bro, if you draft a kicker in round six, I'm going to kick you out of this freaking league. He drafted a kicker <laughs> in round seven. Jeez. We had so- something like that happen. Steve, when did that happen? Someone drafted a kicker. Someone so drafted early. a kicker a kicker round seven or eight. That happened to us. For That's sure. like the dumbest. It's so, like, it's a funny, like, dumb thing. And it's, it's so weird stupid. how it actually ha- Like, we actually know a person that did this. Like, are you freaking kidding me? And yeah, by the way, his kicker was Guskowski. And he sucked that year. It was the first year he fell off. And his kicker was – and his uh, – well, he, I mean, he wasn't, like, horrible, but he was, like, uh, kicker six or eight. Definitely not worth reaching for. 
Um, and Broncos D fell off. It was because you know that's why he drafted him round five because it, it probably was right after that Super Bowl run, um, and or whatever it was. Um, but Broncos D was so good, or the year after that, and uh, Broncos D completely fell off as well. Yeah. I and, think there's um, been only one defense in the last ten years that went into the season ranked number one and ended up being the number one fantasy Seahawks, defense. I think. Yeah, well, it was, was, the, it was the Seahawks in like 2012 or 13 or whatever, whatever yeah. that middle year of Legion of Boom. Yeah, and so the year before, guys, I drafted the Seahawks D in round nine, and I actually crushed it, and it wasn't that bad. Still a reach, of course, but they did finish defense one. I mean, they some weeks they put up RB numbers, like they gave me 15 points, 19 points, 20 points. Like it was, they were that crazy, and so it wasn't that bad of a pick. Um, only in hindsight, you know, but, and then the next year I went from round nine to round seven and, you know, lesson was definitely learned when they just started falling off. I, I'm kind of making it, I don't remember, but let's say they finished like defense nine or 10 that year, that, you know, that's a huge fall off from one. Um, yeah, so never do. And then kicker, you want to draft absolutely last avoid it. If you don't have to draft the kicker, don't even draft one. Um, but if you do draft them round 16 in the league where I had to draft a kicker, I drafted one right after the draft, I dropped them and I added, uh, I added actually all Sean Jeffrey, put him on IR. And then I added Alan Lazard. I don't know how he was available, but I added him. Um, so yeah, kickers never, yeah, never really go after them. And I, cause I know how to identify kickers. People, people punt their kicker research. And that's why everyone hates kickers. It's actually not as unpredictable as people think. It's really not. Um, and I, I do, I do just. How, I don't. How about the people that keep two kickers? Those people infuriate that's, me. Yeah, 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 that's not. Well, well you well, know, because if you have like a Greg the leg, and you're like, oh, he's on bye, I don't want to drop him, or you know, and and you pick up another kicker. I mean. It just, um, I. Okay, so we got. I mean, love playing against them. We could break those up into two categories. So there's some. There's actually some people that do legit, like draft two kickers. Um, they're very rare because you know everyone shows me their lineup. So like this year, ten thousand people show me their lineup, and people do because they don't know. You know, they're like getting into fantasy, and so that's definitely like ridiculous. Because I'm, I'm talking about it. You should have in July. You should have zero kickers on your team, and early August have zero kickers on your team, but. When you do draft, my favorite kicker is Justin Tucker. The problem is, bro, when you do have Justin Tucker and a deep bench, I would probably keep him too. I just never reach for just. I mean, that's kind of weird to reach because you have to reach for just. Every league has one guy who like drafts a kicker early, at least two usually. And so to get Justin Tucker, I got to draft him round twelve. And so I never do that. But if I did that, I mean, I would be inclined to keep him too. Like, I don't know why I would drop a guy that I'm going to draft over. You know, that we're talking about Janu Smith still hasn't been drafted. And you draft Justin Tucker. So I think I would keep him. Uh, or Anthony the Miller is, around I, I never there. Do that. So you, you touched upon it a little bit. But this year, you know, I'm assuming a lot of leagues will probably up their IR spots um, because because of COVID. Um, is is drafting? You know, maybe you pass on a guy or you you draft a kicker and then release him and load up on players that are gonna come. They are planned to come back 
sometime during the year, you know, maybe they're not back till week eight, so no one's drafting them. But if you can load up two or three IR spots with those guys and then pick a kicker back up, is that is that a strategy you're looking at this year? Yeah, I've done that. I mean, it's, you know, you can do that every year. But like you said, this year, uh, a lot of leagues are, let's say, adding two more IR spots. Yeah, you probably, already you have. probably have five this year. Yeah, like well, my Dynasty League has four IR spots this year, um, but last year I only had two. Yeah. Um, and so in that case, yeah, you just do it more. So that's why I pick up all Sean Jeffrey. And uh, I don't know, he was a, he was IR legible for one week and then not the next, but I call that the IR glitch. And uh, you can call it cheating. That's fine. And nothing wrong with that. If it's allowed to, I'm, I still have him on my IR spot. What are you going to do? Are you going to sue me? Are you going to take me to court? He's not IR legible. I still have him on my IR spot. Also, another glitch, Antonio Brown was IR legible. Uh, whoever was providing the stat feeds gave him an injury designation. I don't know what, but he was. you were able to put him on IR for like three days. He's on my IR too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, using the glitch to the max. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, how, how much, uh, count do you put into doing mock drafts beforehand? How how important do you think they are? Is it something you do a lot of, do you do a hundred or do you just kind of ignore them? How do you, what's your opinion on mock drafts for expert players and beginners? That's very important, man, because the number one thing with mock draft is to get comfortable. And I see, I would say nine out of 10 people are not comfortable, uh, when they're draft if they're not like necessarily prepared. Um, mm-hmm. So if they, if you just had, if I just was like, boom, you're drafting for your big money league right now, you get anxiety, you, you know, oh, I didn't, you know, I should have printed out my cheat sheet, like, and you would, because of all that, just because you're not calm and you're off your game and there's so many distractions, you're going to probably screw up. Doing mock drafts helps you prepare. It just mentally, just, you're so much more calm. Um, if you're not, every pick is going to be a snipe. You're never going to know who to pick. You're not going to be familiar with the rank. If you're drafting on ESPN and you've never mock drafted on ESPN, you didn't. You probably don't know that Mark Ingram is a 70, you know, rank 77. He's like, he's ranked below like Cam Akers and all these other guys. It's, I don't understand it. So, but you wouldn't know that. And because you're on the clock, maybe it would have took you 61 seconds to find Mark Ingram um, at the end of round five. But you only got 60 seconds. So, boom, now you now you, you panic pick or you auto pick or something and you're screwed. And so they help a lot. And then, you know, more detail, you know, not just the mental game, but more detailedly, if you know your draft pick, you know your league settings, you know how many people. I'm in a 12-team league. I got the third. You know, you were saying, you know, you got, there's quite a debate with the third pick for you internally. Man, you better load up yeah. some mock drafts, 12-team. Have the third pick, do several. Maybe take Mike Thomas one. You know, maybe take Kamara one. Maybe take Zeke one, and then re, uh, rinse and repeat. And now, if you want a super tip, um, and the, you know, for people who are scared and you know uh, and can't handle this, you know, I get it. It's okay. You guys don't have to do it. Do two mocks at once, or live stream it. Do a Zoom call with your buddies. That way you're preparing for distraction. Look, man, if you can do, if you can nail two mock drafts at once, you can do one at once. And try yeah. some with the timer. If you can do 30 seconds, don't do it. I mean, why? Why would you? That's the thing with mock. That's this is the downside of mock draft. It takes too long. That's it. 
Yeah. So do it at 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, we're in the Discord. I don't know if you saw saw in my Discord. We're figuring out ways to put an eight second and ten second timer. And boy, it's fun as hell. Yeah, I saw that. Ten yeah. second on sleeper, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. I've seen people fart longer than that draft. That's how <laughs> that's how fast I mean, you hop on. And, bro, ten seconds, crazy. Bro, yeah, that's fast. You're in you in round five, six, and but seven. But it'll definitely. That's like those guys playing chess in the but park yeah, with the fucking clocks I mean, back. Bro, it's with everything in life. But yeah, that's the number one example that comes to mind. It's with everything in life. It's to get if you're preparing for some kind of competition. Oh, how are the lights? You know, is it bright lights? Well, let me turn the lights on. Let me get ready for game day, right? Like, I got to get ready for anything. So, you know, maybe you guys aren't live streaming when you're drafted, but do a Zoom draft with two of your buddies. You know, get get used to people talking. You know, if you're doing a if you if, if you're doing a Zoom draft on your a lot of people are this year, or you know, they or they used to do live in person drafts or whatever. If you're having some kind of draft party, whether it be virtual in person. You can practice by that by doing a Zoom draft with two, three people and talking because you got to get used to that trash talk and that, and that doing those distractions and you know some of us have done that for years and don't you know you don't necessarily got it but that's just another way to prepare and um, yeah why you know why take you know if you're doing this is the biggest mistake if you're doing a draft and it's sixty seconds you know why would you have a mock draft that takes ninety seconds per pick? Like that's just dumb. You know, have it set to thirty seconds. Do them fast. Get yeah. used to it. If you can nail it in thirty seconds with no problem, and you just you know it's it's like second nature. Then when the clock is sixty seconds, you can spend thirty seconds talking trash. I can talk <laughs> trash for thirty seconds, and I st- I'm still cool because I know I can get my pick in under thirty. See now you're ahead of the game as opposed to being behind the game. We just did a twenty team draft, bro, and it switched to 20 seconds a pick after round five or something. And some of the people couldn't handle it. Just crumbled under the pressure. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I got my camera on. I'm doing a YouTube video. Oh man. And I was, you know, I was trash talking. I was, I'm like, bro, this, I was taking a piss and coming back. I mean, you ended up with a great, you ended up with a great lineup in that draft too. I saw that on Instagram. You got, uh, you got, I think it's, yeah, I love that team. I think it's okay. I think I did very well for the 19th. I didn't know 19th pick would be that hard. <laughs> Is that the one where you got sniped on Miller? No. Is that the same one? No. I think you guys might be talking about that one. That one I that one I, I killed because I got, you got Godwin. You got yeah that Minshew. one you, that one you killed. Oh, you guys yeah. think I, I think I did like for, I think I did really good for the 19th pick. Oh, but yeah, I did that. That was it, though. Yeah, that's the one where I got Godwin and um, and Kelsey, I think. Yes, so I Kelsey. Punted RB. Yeah, Kelsey. Yeah. Um, Seven third. Yeah, that was good. But but anyway, yeah, a lot of um, people couldn't handle the thirty second timer. They got they're like, oh, I don't have a quarterback or I don't have a tight end, and they were panicked. I was like, what? You guys never did a thirty second mock? Like the day before? I don't know if you saw. But the day before we did like 10 20 team mock drafts, we were going insane. Like everyone was like, I'm so used to the yeah. 20 team mock draft. Like, that's what I did. And guess where I drafted every time in the mock draft? What position I drafted at? 19. A 20 yeah, team draft is so crazy. Yeah. That's why I do it, though, because it's. Um, you know, you don't want the same boring content. All right, guys, one QB, two running back, 12 team PPR mock draft. Let's go. And, you know, it's like I get bored of it and I'm always trying to 
you know, throwing a curveball or just just do something different uh, for my my brain, for myself, and also uh, for the content because I film all my drafts. Yeah, how how important it, you know building off that how important is it to have for your next pick you know multiple choices available and you know kind of know where you're going to go no matter what or to take it even a step further and have you know kind of an idea of where you want to go two or three picks ahead you know just kind of looking down your rankings or something is that is that something you're trying to do especially as you get into the middle and later rounds it is smart and so if this was i call it a let's draft video where i draft and film so if this was a let's draft video this is the part where i look in the camera i'd lecture everybody about doing exactly that and then one second later, I'll get sniped and panicked. So this <laughs> is, you know, yes, you definitely want to do that 100%. But we're all human. And Solly was talking about the part where Anthony Miller got sniped was a big snipe. And it hurt me. And I had nobody else in, in queue. Um, I, I mean, I pulled because yeah. it was a 60-second timer, which to me is very slow because I'm used to it. So I was able to recover. But I really like the... Like for 20 seconds, I had zero players in my head. But I think, you know, after 20 seconds, I was like, look, calm down. You just got the snipe of the century. Get your pick. Um, and that has going to happen to us. If we do two, three drafts, sometimes you're going to be like, oh, crap, this, this snipe really hurt me. Um, having players, you know, two is good. Four or five is good. Even six, you know, around there, two to six, I'd say. Have them ready. And you know what? Like, what just happened today? I don't know. My internet's back, by the way. But, yeah, my internet went out. Like, so weird. Like, so many situations where you should just queue up players. Um, Something happened. Mm -hmm. Someone had a glitch on their sleeper app or something. And it autoed for them the other day. And they're like, well, thank God I had the queue. And it drafted the player I wanted. Or, Or they may not have put much thought into it, but there was definitely a player they were targeting. Like, well, at least it drafted, you know a wide receiver that I like and I needed wide receivers instead of a quarterback at the top of the list. And I already drafted a quarterback last round. Like I already have Kyler Murray and the auto pick, you know, picks Aaron Rodgers. You'd be like, well, what the hell, man? It's, you know, round seven. Like I didn't want I'm the quarterback in round seven I already reached for one. So yeah, you definitely want to do that um, because of the sniping, because of glitches, because of your internet. And for most people, I think it really helps when you narrow stuff down to a, a shorter list. And so your queue list is going to be two to six players, helps you focus, you you know, like that. When people like me who have ADD and dyslexia see 300, like never, never, ever look at overall rankings, really. I mean, if you have time and you're, you know, in the 20-team league, you got like an hour before your next pick. Like you can do whatever the hell you want. But I'm saying, like, if you're trying to focus and, and get your plays, you don't need to be looking at overall. Like, that that's totally pointless. It's stupid. And plus, like, you know, rankings in general kind of suck. So just look at, okay, I need a running back, wide receiver, or tight end, not quarterback. Well, you don't need to be looking at overall. Just look at those three positions. Whatever you can do to minimize distractions and minimize lists, and, and queuing players helps with that. Yeah. So then even between, you know, once you have that queue, organizing them in the specific order within the queue is just as important to protect yourself, like you said, against auto-drafting, internet technical difficulties, stuff like that. So it's not only grabbing them into the queue, but organizing them once they're there. Do them if you have time. And most of the time you, you do. 
you do have time. So yeah, I'm going through. I go like this. I go running back. I like four running backs. Click, 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 click. Wide receiver. I only like two. Click, click. Tight end. Nah. So now I got six players. Oh, there's still seven picks until my turn. Yeah. Organize them. For sure. Yeah, now yeah. I just went through all the all my possible targets, right? Because usually, you know, seven picks, queue up six players, you should be good. You won't get sniped there. Um, and yeah, just uh, organize it, and it, ha- it helps you focus and calm down. This is how doing stuff like this is how you avoid these panic picks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, getting back into a little more player talk. Um, who are some rookies from last year that? We're kind of hyped up and, you know, disappointed a little bit, um, but could be a breakout in year two, you know, like your Hawkinson's or, you know, a Montgomery. I know everyone's loving Miles Sanders this year. So, like, outside of those three or how do you feel on those three and outside of them, are there any players like that that were young guys that disappointed but really are in a position to bounce back this year? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not putting Sanders in that category because, I mean, he wasn't really, you know, where was he going? I don't think he was drafted that early. So you kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, I I think I got yeah. Sanders in the fifth last year. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't a great pick, but like you 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 knew that like you fully knew that risk. Yeah. Like he may not get his. Uh, and then you know he shined for a few games, and I think those those are some important games for fantasy owners. Um. Anyway, number one is Nikhil Harry, because we're talking about oh. this whole Patriots team is just. I mean, don't ask me any questions about how it's going. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's crazy, right? How are they going to do? Like, who knows? But I recognize there's upside, there's great coaching, and I recognize the risk. And that's why wide receiver is so deep, because I can go with Nikhil Harry as my wide receiver four, wide receiver five, don't even have to start him. And he was a huge buzz last year. And um, I think yeah. this year he's got a ton of upside, man. Like who, who else other than Edelman, who I like, like who else is really gonna step up? Someone's got to do something. Um, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be rough. It's gonna be rough. <laughs> yeah, but you know the de- it's gonna, the defense is gonna take a step back too. So theoretically, oh. they're gonna need to throw the ball more. Oh yeah, and they they lost. I mean three of the best players on their defense i'm i'm a pats fan and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough actually i just have a list um this is weird because i'm doing like this uh special project so (laughs) just for you i have a list uh danny shelton left the free agency to detroit edge kyle van noy free agency to miami jamie collins outside linebacker Mm -hmm. free agency to detroit inside linebacker Landon Roberts to Miami, uh, Deron the closer Harmon, free safety traded to Detroit, and this is the biggest one I think. Dante Hightower opted out. Yeah, opted out. Yeah, the defense. Yeah. Uh, he's super. Un- even I don't think he's like pe- people respect him, but I still think he's underrated. Um, he's that good. And then you know Patrick Chun. Yeah, I mean, I like I, basically everyone except Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah Stephon Gilmore and then the uh, uh, McCourty. But it's uh, yeah, no, the defense is going to be rough. They're going to need to be putting up like 24, 28 points to win games. So that's why James they, they, they will be throwing the ball. Well, yeah. that's the thing too. How do you how do you go about those running backs? 
because you have James White, you have Sony Michelle, you have Burkhead. It's like how do you you've got such a deep backfield there, and they change they, they just signed Lamar Miller. Run. Yeah, they just change running backs in and out. You know, you don't see one guy getting. 80% of the snaps, so how do you go about those running backs? Well, I'll tell you, as a human, I am flawed, and although we should never, ever draft a Patriots running back, I did <laughs> draft Damian Harris a couple times. Now, my flaw isn't that big, because I'm more of like round 11, round 13, you know, round 16, that's when I got Damian Harris. So at least I didn't, you know, draft Sony Michelle, who, I mean, I'm not saying that Lamar Miller's great or anything, but this means number one, we're expecting Sony Michelle to miss at least six games. You know, it's very, it's already was kind of expected, and now that they signed Lamar Miller, I'd say the percentage of that happening and Michelle starting out the list on pup has just increased. Uh, and so, yeah, man, I just, other than James White at good value in full PPR, you probably should always, always just avoid Patriots running back. They'll screw you nine times out of ten. And sure, yeah, you might land that LeGarrette Blunt, who gets all the touchdowns in the world. Or you might land what's supposed to be LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. That was, I think, Mike Gillisley. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wow. Total buzz. that name. Yeah. Total guess, guess what all the fantasy sites put after the hype. They went Mike Gillisley hyphen. And then they said he will play LeGarrette Blunt role, expect 8,000 touchdowns. That didn't happen. Oh, I forgot about him. I, I took him yeah. in one draft. I did. That's what's – dude. Oh, like he, he was a... – I had to think like for half a second what his name was. I just remembered I was supposed to be LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. He this was lightning happens. in a bottle for that one year. Yeah, but he was like a slow fullback. He got a couple times. No. Then he like got – he's like – you know what? You're you're this. You're on by week five. I think he's like he's on the bench. <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even play. Yeah, uh, no, he was literally like not even suiting up. And yeah. aside from that, yeah, I think year, I, had it, I was like, uh, aside from that year, no, Legarrette Blunt had like twenty touchdowns. There's no Patriots running back who goes out and gets more than six or seven touchdowns in a year. It's like you never know. It's one guy goes off for like three a game and then he won't be used in the red zone for the next I, six weeks i swear and, bro when when you know pretend there's 10 of us on this call the moment that nine or ten of us say that exact same sentence someone <laughs> will go and get 20 touchdowns that's yeah guaranteed. exactly yeah no, that's guaranteed. now that we said we this <laughs> but i mean yeah, it's I, gonna... I mean who because that's i i don't like it sounds like a very, very like easy analysis you just gave, but to me that's like a bold statement. Like you're going to, you're going, you're telling me what Patriot running backs are gonna do. God, yeah. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. I have, dude, I have no clue. That's what all I'm saying is, Sony Michelle probably will start the season on pup and miss games. Other than that, man, I don't know what the and and James White. I, I'd say he's got a pretty secure role. They're a down back. Pass yeah. catching back. We really seen him shine in the Super Bowl when they were trailing, and he was one of their top receivers. So I guess building on that, who who are um other guys in you know that are really being talked about or taken in the first? Let's go first like three rounds that the general fantasy community likes that you're just out on this year. You know, players you're avoiding for whatever reason. Um, but you know, guys going generally in the first three or four rounds that have some hype. Um, but you're just you're staying away from completely this year. Yeah, so I'm avoiding Dalvin Cook 
and not even that strongly, but I'm ranking them a few spots behind just because we're adding on so many different variables here. You know, yes, I know it's nearly impossible for him to hold out. I get that. But I'm always, I always have, you know, some people say I have conspiracy theories with fantasy football. And actually, I think all of them have been right. I said Josh Gordon's not at training camp because he's uh, relapsed. And that sounded very kooky, by the way. They're like, come on, bro. Like, he just needs time. Yeah. Like, no, we know he was doing drugs. Like, let's just, yep. let's just, that's why he wasn't at, at the Browns camp. And that's probably why he went up to yep. Bill Belichick looking all messed up. And that's why he probably got cut and be going on the Seahawks. Um, so, yeah. Um, wait, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, Dalvin Cook. Okay. So, um, look, I could be wrong on this, but if you just factor in everything, look, it just makes the percentages go – it just makes it bad. Dalvin Cook is – I'll just ask you guys. Who do you think – just be honest. Who do you think is the most injury-prone round one player in fantasy? <sighs> I we mean, Chubb, Saquon, Seahawk, Mike Thomas. Uh, it's probably Cook. I mean, if you want to talk about Kamara from last year, but that's just one year. Yeah, it's Cook, just one Cook year. is just one year of healthy. You know, he's been hurt every he's other year. Actually, Dalvin no, Cook hasn't, he, no, he didn't he, even finish no, this year, though. He he's never been healthy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, majority almost, healthy, at least. He balled out yeah, last year. Majority got, healthy. It, it put a smile on fantasy. Yeah, he faces. was... I'm not going to call a guy injury prone for missing, you know, one, two, three, four games. But, you know. Wait, who are we talking about? Who's Cook. that? Cook. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying in general, like, I'm not going to call a guy oh, yeah, yeah. injury. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give him a full season if he's playing 14 games, but, you know. But, yeah, Dalvin, I, I think I think second to none, I think is Dalvin Cook's the most injury prone player in round one. And I don't think it's even close. I guess you said Kamara could be. Second, and I don't, I'm not even, you know, concerned of injury prone at all. And so you got the most injury prone player in round one, um, who hates his contract, who doesn't have Stefanski, who's fantasy gold. Some people have argued with me that uh, Kubiak's even better than Stefan. I don't agree with that, but I know Kubiak's still great. I mean, I think Kubiak is fantasy gold for running backs. And Stefanski's fantasy platinum for running backs, so it's it's still good, but still it's a it's a change. Like it's not we're not talking about a little change, we're talking about a change that adds more variables, adds more worry, however you want to put it, more risk. That's actually the best way to put it. So he doesn't have Stefanski. They don't have Diggs. They got Jefferson. Um, Vikings have no cornerbacks really anymore. And there's just a lot going on right now. And, you know, there's Mike Boom and Madison, who I don't think anywhere as good as Dalvin. But and then, yeah, you got a guy who hates his contract. Madison is good, though. Madison's good. I mean, people I think Dalvin's far superior to him. Like, I don't think it's even close. But I think Mike Boone's not horrible, though, either. Um, But he hates his contract. I think personally it's a little close, but. But well, yeah, that, Cook is the guy. Means, we all know Cook is the guy, though. That is opinion, yeah. But uh, you know, that makes it. You know, if it the closer you think it is, the worse you think. You know, the worse it makes Dalvin Cook look. Yeah, um, no, I'm not high on him. I'm like you. I'm not high on him at all. But, I wouldn't but, touch uh, him in the first. Regardless, um, really, it seemed like from what he said and just looking at, it, like, the, hey, the only reason I'm here is because the CBA changed and I have to be here. 
And so that just that's not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna draft him fourth overall. Like that doesn't scream that to me. And then yeah, you got the injury for so so Pete, this is so what what am I what am I saying exactly? Of course, you know, we can skew stuff. Like I hate Dalvin Cook, and so I can skew all this to fit my narrative, and it's quite easy. But how about this like weird little conspiracy, like just a little mm-hmm. off chance, one percent chance? How about if he has a sore hamstring, he can play? And because of all these changes with the Vikings, they kind of suck this year. I mean, look, you know, maybe the, maybe the Lions aren't that cursed this year. The Lions have some players. Uh, Bears, they, they got some players too. Packers, they still got Rodgers. So how about they're not doing so good? How about if he can play? But he legit has a sore hand. Like, you know, he's just sore. Like, he can play. He can play at 90%, 95% even. What's it for him to say? Look, man, I ain't getting paid. This team sucks. We're losing. We're on the decline. And my running back coach just chewed me out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I can't play the next two games. That's you know fair. what? It's still lingering. So, next four. <laughs> Why? I mean, how was that not? I'm saying, how is that not a smart decision by Dalvin? If the team starts out true. one and five. And, true. and you got all this craziness yeah. going. I mean, there's not even what the hell is going on outside. It's like every, like all these ambulances and cops, and I don't even like this. This year's been crazy, and it's like, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, might be smart decision to sit out and avoid as much craziness as I can. So I think I'm just saying he's more inclined to do something like that, and why not? Yeah. Um, I, four guys I wanted to touch on running backs that are going, you know, pretty much in a robe uh, ADP wise. Um, Melvin Gordon. Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and James Conner. All guys that have, you know, had better fantasy seasons in the past, but now are kind of falling back into that second or third tier of running backs. How do you feel about those four guys? Does any of them jump out at you? Um, do any of you think any of them have a chance to come back to closer to what they were at their best in their new situations or this year? Um, I, they're going right, right next to each other ADP-wise, so I just wanted to see how your opinion on those guys. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, and um, you know, I I never really take. This is the only time I would take this stance is like, you know, just wait for if one of them really falls to you in in round four and 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 take one because they to me they are all really close. Um, with the guy like Bell, I was kind of higher on, but you know, I think you know he finished RB sixteen last year, maybe RB seventeen in some formats and I think that's his floor like I get that and he's really good but you know they did just add Frank Gore they did add LaMichael Pirine um and now you know with Melvin Gordon one I think a starting maybe their right tackle opted out on the Broncos and Lindsey you know he's one of those guys that kind of has nothing to lose he's going to put it all on the line try to steal some carries for sure from Melvin Gordon. Um, but I still like Melvin Gordon in PPO. I don't think Le'Veon Bell's that bad. James Conner to me is a must avoid just because there's no upside there because he's look, if he was healthy, um, like let's just pretend he was like, he was Zeke, you know, the most, AKA the most durable back in the league. I'd be all over him. Look, Big Ben's back. They got a good old line. He's going to be good. He's a really good back in a really good uh, situation. 
he's going to be top 10, but that's not the case. He's very injury prone. The team knows this, and they said they're going to probably limit his carries. So you're, you're, you know, he's, they're going to limit, he's going to get his carries limited and or get hurt. That's like your best situation is that it's either or and not both. And so that's why I'm not really taking James Conner. He fell to like round six to me in the best ball league. That was a weird, people put money on that. So I don't know. Uh, it was a $10 best ball, but I don't know. It was like round six. And I was like, all right, I mean, if you want to him to fall to round six, like I'll take him there. Uh, but yeah, he always, he never makes it past round five. So I don't know. Maybe it was late. It could have been like seven even. I don't know how he fell that far. Um, David Johnson is the one that's grown on me a little bit because he hasn't been good since 2016. And he's hurt my feelings. But, <laughs> you know, I guess I always say I'm human. But I'm trying, you know, I tr- I'm trying to look at this. Maybe he's just had bad luck. And if he could just stay healthy... He might be able to do some things, and now he's actually getting a pretty good value. So he's, uh, he's got a good situation. I don't know if it's that good, I mean, but I like his ADP though. It's better than sharing the backfield with Drake. Yeah, he's not sharing the backfield. He's not. That's for chill. That's I. Well, the one thing I don't like about him is Duke Johnson can cut into his third down work. That's the only thing I think that's not that um, can deal, hurt his value because he's a, he's a catching machine. We also saw Duke Johnson wasn't used at all last year. I feel like he was yeah. like irrelevant last year. This Duke Duke Johnson is, and I'm glad this hype, you know, is over. It's every year, Duke Johnson's going to be in the slot. Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson. Now everyone like it's at least that hype is gone, and we saw Duke Johnson never ever did anything. You know, he was hyped every year. Um, but if you think about it realistically. Sully, like, there is no, like, as far as competition, there's no better situation. I mean, Todd Gurley, No, there's maybe. no competition for carries, for sure. But, I just but, think they're both, both of their best strengths are catching the ball. Yeah, but Duke realistically, though, when you put David Johnson on the field, defenses think differently than when you put Duke. So it's not going to be like, oh, just put Duke out there just because, you know, it's a passing play. Like, no, it'll still... Be David Johnson. He's still going to be the man, and he'll still. One of his strengths is catching. Um, basically, basically, this is another way to look at it. Because, like, what you say is not totally wrong, but, um, like, yeah, he's not. He's not been used. This is another way to look at it. His only his competition is not going to get many carries, and that and he's not even yeah, much competition. Other, you see what I mean? You can look at court. it. Yeah, yeah, you can look at it from either way. perspective. Like, yeah. yeah, Duke Johnson can catch and he's shifty, but we already know he's not doing anything. Like, he's just not going to be used. And yeah, he had his chance comp- last year and he did well. And well, they just didn't this. give him the ball. Look at their receiving core. They never really used the tight end except on those, you know, four plays last year to the to that one guy. You know, that was kind of a fluke. So just say no tight end. All right. They got rid of Hopkins and look at this all star. Um, injury-prone lineup at, at wide receiver. Brandon Cooks, one concussion away from retiring. Um, and you got Kenny Stills, wide receiver four, who it's being suspected he couldn't pass his physical because he's out of shape or something. Um, who else we got? Uh, Will Fuller. Fuller. Will Fuller. 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 One yeah. of the, Fuller is a walking injury. Is he the... 
I guess he's up there with the most injury prone wide receivers. <laughs> he's not the. Yeah. He's maybe I mean, at the top have, of the top. Yeah, three. you have to be. put him in there. Top three at least, yeah. And then uh, Randall Cobb, who yeah, Dallas is Dallas's offense was awesome, like the best, literally. So yeah, he's gonna do some things in Dallas. Doesn't mean that he's gonna do them on the Texas. So that that's your you know your receiving lineup. So it's like it's more yeah. it's more safer to say Duke and David will get some cat like we'll we have to target both yeah. of them to get targets. Yeah, because it's like so it's not gonna be like all four wide receivers are gonna be amazing and ball out. That is never gonna be the story. On the Texans. No, like, there's always going to be one hurt, maybe two. Yeah. Dude, Kenny Stills is on the illness list. And I had to clarify people, look, that's yeah, not the COVID I... list. It's different. And then when I looked it up, it's saying, like, oh, he may have not been able to pass his physical because he's out of shape. I'm like, what? Like, Yeah, it's not this, good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a good sign. So, yeah, they'll both do. If you traded for David Johnson, you're going to use him in the – like, you're going to use him the right way. You're going to use him in the receiving game. But hey, Duke. Uh, yeah, that's Duke true. Also, yeah, if you traded Hopkins, yeah, especially what you gave up for him. <laughs> traded Hopkins. <laughs> Pay the keys ransom from that dude. Better be playing. Oh, he, he better like. We need to see a couple wildcat or one of those formations. With <laughs> he better be throwing passes too. Yeah, bro. He better play QB for a couple snaps too. Um, touching upon that, how do you? I feel like this is a big topic the last two years uh where do you fall on the whole nick chubb kareem hunt thing how much does kareem hunt affect chubb is kareem hunt a viable guy to draft i mean where do you see that those target share the those snap shares breaking out um you know how do you how do you see that unfolding out they're both going to be there playing for a full season together i like i like both of them um i love targeting kareem hunt in round five and I would draft Nick Chubb, um, you know, 11th overall or 12th overall. I'm not really scared of that. Um, so, yeah, I do like I do like both because they got Stefanski. He's fantasy uh, running back platinum, like I said. Their O-line, um, I mean, they were able to produce last year with their O-line. Now they got even better and vastly yeah. improved their O-line. You got the O-line, check. Best coach for running backs, check. Nick I mean, Chubb. Yeah, look what he did with Dalvin last year. Yeah, Dalvin looked like I already knew he was good, and it was just like everything everything looked better, bro, from the way they you know, they called the run plays to how people were blocking. I mean, everything was perfect for the Vikings as far as running back. I just call it running back usage because he yeah. can all you know also throw to the you know, you throw to the running back a lot. Um and and Nick Chubb was a number one ranked running back on PFF. A lot of people make fun of PFS grades, but I actually love them because no matter what, if I come out with the list of any, like I have my rankings. Anyone comes out with a list of anything behind it? Was that someone said something? No, go ahead. Uh, anyone no. comes up with a list of 300 names or 500 names or a thousand names, there's going to be some that look really silly. Like, and people will point, like, it's just going to have, no matter what kind of list we're of course. talking about. Someone's yeah, always going to have a gripe. Yeah, and so is Nick Chubb the best running back in the league? No, I don't think. I disagree. But he's pretty damn good, and we've seen a lot last year yeah. um, to, to see that. He's got the big playability. He can actually catch a little bit. Now, the main thing with this is that Kareem Hunt will chew into his targets for yeah. sure. Yeah, because, absolutely. 
I mm-hmm. always loved. I told everyone draft as soon as I think it was Spencer Ware got. I'm like draft Kareem Hunt. Like this guy is good. He's one of those gems. Chiefs traded up for him. Now, even though I was on board with him, I watched his film. I honestly didn't know that he was this good of a wide re- like receiver. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the first, the very first game on the Chiefs, he ran a, he ran like a deep slant or something, and wide open. Uh, I don't yeah. think, I don't think the opposing defense knew that either. And so, yeah, he's definitely going to eat into his targets, which in PPR is a big deal. I just think there's room for both of them. But one reason why I'm drafting Kareem Hunt, look, floor, he's your flex. And you can get him late round five, you know. So he's your flex, he's your floor. If anything were to happen, a trade is super unlikely. Um, But if he gets traded or Chubb goes down, you got yourself a top three running back not even yeah. top five top three because he can catch he can run he got the o-line and he got stefanski they're gonna give him the ball as many times as he can possibly handle and he's got the big play ability how, how do you feel on, about handcuffs in general when it comes to the draft is that something you you pay attention to or is it depending on the situation um you know do you always get your handcuff for your top back I do look at handcuffs, and I do sometimes take them. Uh, my advice for sure is never reach on a handcuff um, too much um, just cause, just for a handcuff. Because I'm be honest, like I used to drive handcuffs quite a bit, and it's worked out for me zero times. So I don't know if you guys ever – have you guys ever had a situation where you got like a handcuff and it, it worked out? Uh, I'm trying. They, you, I think Sully had Tony Pollard last the year that Zeke was suspended. The Zeke was signed uh, his contract. Uh, yeah, that, that, did that's I? A, I thought so, someone did, but yeah, that's a that's one people, that comes uh, to it mind. It doesn't matter. Everyone drafted Pollard last year, and that's not even. I don't even consider that. A, that's more of the outlier because Zeke was. People thought he may not sign. You know, that's a little. You know, like Eckler, too. Eckler last year. I, I don't consider that a handcuff either. That was more like, you know, no. could this guy hold I'm, out? Yeah. So yeah. Um, sometimes yeah, I, I do. I don't like it. I don't like doing it personally. Um, I agree with Couch. You don't reach for it. But my thing is, like, I, I drafted Kamara last year and I drafted Murray. And obviously I dropped Murray before I needed Murray. And that's that's the case I find with handcuffs. Um, Damn, and that you know, was actually really like hard. The, that was the best handcuff. Real, that was like that was about to be the best, best handcuff, handcuff you story. could have. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I you know I needed him week ten, but you know he was sit after sitting on my bench for four or five weeks. I'm like, you know, why do this when I can dra- you know, get this shiny new toy? I forgot who it was. You know, a receiver or you know, someone. There's always you know. I mean, am I going to keep a handcuff for someone that could be the next Darren Waller or DJ Chark if there's limited bench spots? You know, me personally, I'm not. I'm going to let the handcuff go, and that defeats the purpose of drafting the handcuff unless your starter gets hurt in the first three weeks or if it's a holdout situation. If it's a holdout situation, that's different because then you know going into the season for me, like I may have done that with Pollard and Zeke, and then I would have just dropped Pollard because we know Zeke's in for the long haul. So – I do, like, I get that, like, if you're going to handcuff before this, you know, if you drafted early with uh, Cook and Madison, yeah, you got to get Madison, obviously, but um, 
but yeah, yeah so I, I mean, it doesn't work out for me. It, it yeah, doesn't, uh, it doesn't work out for me. I know I'm not going to have the patience. I'm going to try and <laughs> pick up Terry McLaurin. And I'm going to, I'm going to drop so and so for. You know, Here's one. I'm gonna drop Edmonds. AJ Dillon, just because I like him. So I like AJ Dillon. Period. So if you were to draft yeah, Aaron Jones, then I mean it's kind of a no. Like AJ Dillon is underrated. Everyone he's got standalone value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean people kind of people hated him a little bit too much before the draft, and I think you know going back to all these like stigmas and stuff, I think people hate him more just because. People like making fun of the Packers draft. Now, oh, the Packers, they didn't draft. You yeah. know, it's a hot topic. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And now that, you know, they moved. Like, okay, say what you want to say about the coach, but he knows running backs and he knows how to use them. I think he drafted this dude for a re- like a serious reason. And that's exactly what that communicates. Yes. So don't just look at how we're going to make fun of the Packers. Let's look at why the hell Matt yeah, LaFleur. Just because it's a bad pick doesn't mean it's a bad player. Yeah, I mean, a bad pick for that team, but, you know, A.J. Dillon probably yeah, yeah, went, exactly. you know, 10 picks later, which isn't a, that big of a deal anyway. Yeah, and yeah, uh, bad, but, yeah but, bad pick for that team. But with that, they're going to use them. With that, they're going to – they yeah. use that capital. They're, you would think they're going to use them. And but not uh, just that. Who, I who mean, identifies who – who's better at identifying a running back that Matt LaFleur would use than Matt LaFleur and the Packers? I'd rather resort yeah. to them as the as the um, as the source, you know, as my go-to, you know, judgment than me or any of us. And Matt Lafleur, no, it was very successful first-year head coach uh, and knew how to use his running backs. And he just got one super early when they could have got, you know, maybe done some things differently and somehow were able to get um, Mims or Justin Jefferson or Ayuk. Um, and they did not. And so, yeah, man, I like AJ. He's going like round 12. So, yeah, if you got – I mean, I would take him round 12, round 13 regardless. So, if you have Aaron Rodgers – Easy. I'm sorry, Aaron Jones. You might as well draft AJ Dillon in round 12. There's, there's no, there's, there's no downside. Jamal Williams had value last year. And he's way he's better than Jamal Williams in my opinion. Yeah, if Jamal Williams sucks. He just didn't, was in a good, you know, good offense, good coach, and he did something. Yeah, so – he did. Uh, going he, back was, to, he was getting a lot of catches. Going going back to the Browns real quick, uh, and you know Stefanski with the like in the two tight end sets so much. Do you think both Njoku and Hooper are vi- fantasy viable this year? Probably not. Um, no. Are you, leaving, are you leaning one way? You, I mean, obviously Hooper's yeah, probably the, I drafted, the lean, you know, but Ho- Hooper is kind of on my must avoid list. But he dropped so far that I actually ended up drafting him in a recent draft, my experts league, because I got him, I don't know what it was, round 11 or 13, somewhere around there. Yeah. I got him as my tight end, too. I mean, they paid him a ton of money. Is he the highest paid tight end? I think. He is. Yeah, yeah he, he is. is. Yeah, he's the yeah. highest paid tight end. Not too many receiving options there. He'll, you know, get enough targets for me to draft him as my tight end too in the late rounds but and joku is like he went um on my dynasty draft he went like round 21 and i mean you know that's because there was no one really there to draft um, yeah. people already were drafted people almost yeah everyone actually all 11 teams other than the guy drafted in joku already drafted a defense and so that was kind of 
around that time to to take Njoku. I, I could be wrong, but at this point, he's really not relevant except in you know deep leagues and specialty leagues. Cool. Um, all right, one last kind of fun question to close that out. Um, you got to spend a draft pick this year on one of these three guys. Who are you going with? Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, or Martavis Bryant? Bro, that's a no. How's that a real question? That's Antonio what? Brian, uh, Antonio Brown, my bad, Antonio Brown. <laughs> I know, I'm, I, I'm just, I obviously, if you're playing a full year, but he's out the first eight games, no matter what. Yeah. So I didn't know how much that that affects it, you know. Whereas but those other two this. guys could be there the whole year. Here's another guy that probably, you know, how people put these clown emojis on the internet a lot, like willy nilly. Could be the the man that has got the most clown emojis is Antonio Brown. And, you know, that's fun and all. But when it comes to working out, when it comes to preparing, I actually trust him. You know, not not everyone has a flaw in every single area. Just because he's got a lot of clown emojis on the Internet doesn't mean that he sucks at everything. Doesn't mean that he ain't working out like a complete psycho. You know, you can call him a psycho. That's fine. I'm calling him a psycho when he works out, too. I mean, this man's one of the best. And, you know, what? What the biggest downside with Antonio Brown is that he could actually get suspended more games. He could not get picked up. He's going to take us spots on your bench. But Josh Gordon's already screwed me enough times. Like, we've, we've actually had Josh. It's not like we haven't. Like, we've seen Josh Gordon last year. With, I mean, did he have good quarterbacks? I don't know, Brady and Wilson. I mean, they're not bad. He still didn't do anything. So yeah. it's like, I don't, there's just no need. Martavis, I didn't do much research in that. All I know is there's some rumors. I don't want him. I mean, he was, you know, he didn't do much in the NFL. But I, AB, I mean, I was ready to say this man's Hall of Fame. This man's number one wide receiver until he started doing this crazy stuff. Those guys aren't even close to that. And Josh Gordon, I'm starting to question everything about Josh Gordon now. Because, let me go back. Dave loves that Josh film. Gordon. That's where this question's coming from. I, I got burned on Gordon last year. Okay, bro, but peep this. Terrell Pryor also balled out one year on the Browns. So now I'm questioning everything. And we know he's garbage. We know he was, he was right. trash. I was more I mean, on Gordon yeah, for I the value. I drafted him one year. I drafted him in like the yeah, but everyone, yeah. everyone was taking um, Terrell Pryor late round three when he went to Washington. I don't even know if that man had three yeah, catches. Yeah. Like, it was that crazy. He so, was uh, not usable. He was droppable by weeks five. Yeah, I mean, he, he dude, was, he, he yeah, was, so he was absolute garbage. So, all, all I'm really saying is, look, if you have a, a, a deep bench and he falls – AB is a great flyer because that guy you take there is going to be a bust. Look, this is the truth, man. On the best fantasy teams you have, go look at when you guys won your championships. Count how many good draft picks you had. It's only one out of three. You only drafted seven good players on your best teams. Go look at the go look at the biggest dummies in your league. They drafted zero to two good players. So that's yeah. that's what you're looking at. You're gonna miss two out of three times when you're on it. When you when you're dominating your league, you're gonna miss two out of three times. So if I get A B in round thirteen, so be it, you know, and I can I can drop him. I can do, you know, whatever. Uh, but what really quick I just had to you know, we went this whole time. I didn't mention Joshua Kelly. I was just gotta say I, I like him. He's gonna be the R B two. 
he's a rookie. He should take over Justin uh, Justin yeah. Jackson. And yeah. Eckler, who I like, like I'm nothing against Eckler. He's not going to be a carry guy. He's not going to get. I don't. I don't think he's going to get more than 16 carries, 15 carries a game. Like that's how low. Um, he'll get a lot of receptions and he'll play receiver, but I think that team they can use both running backs at the same time. And if anything were to happen to Eckler, you know, watch out, Joshua Kelly, man. That's that's one of the steals of the draft. You can get him around 14, 15, 16. He goes undrafted, and people draft Justin Jackson ahead of him, which is cool. You could say whatever, but um, I don't want to live boring. I'd rather. We already saw what Justin Jackson did. He did nothing last year. Let's see what Joshua Kelly can do. Take a risk. I like it. That's a sound piece of advice to leave us on. Um, Yeah, well, thank you uh, for joining us again this year. We love having you on. We hope to have you on again next year, and we can discuss either the success or the shit show that this NFL season was. But uh, one more time for all the people out there, it's at Fantasy Couch on all social media platforms. Uh, make sure you check out that YouTube channel, especially. This man has a fantastic YouTube channel. Must watch content. <laughs> and make sure you go, uh, you can check out on Amazon the book How to Play Fantasy Football. It's The man is Hussein the Brain from Fantasy Couch. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see everybody back here next week.